What's up, everybody? Welcome to Game Face, episode 374 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your host for the last 20-some years of video game insanity. And we're here to do it again on this fine Tuesday. And alongside me to do that is Matt Kyle. It really struck me this week, for some reason, that I've been doing this for like 27 years. Mm. That's insane. It's a long time. <laughs> it really is, man. Holy cow. I don't know what, something happened and I just like did the math and I was like, wow, 97, I launched my first gaming website. Mm-hmm. And then about a month later, I made my first penny off and it really was like, I think my first month of uh, ad revenue running street level gaming, I think I made like 35 cents. <laughs> well, this is, uh, <laughs> this is 20, this year is 24 years since I started working for Tech TV. Wow. And I was 24 when I started working for Tech TV. So I've, <laughs> I've lived my entire lifespan again. As an adult. Since then. You know, your entire adult life you've been doing Pretty it. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Well, welcome to Game Face. Well, I remember did- <laughs> when I was 24 and I got, I was, I, before I got that job, I was sitting around because I was like 23, 24 and I'm like, like I've been out of college like a year and a half. I've already failed. I haven't gotten the, like a real job. I'm just working retail yeah. still. It's like, and it was like, you look back now and you're like, you were 23, you absolute infant. You like, thought it you, was all a child. <laughs> My life is all it over. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I did the same thing when we moved to L.A. Well, 20 years ago, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm I'm 28. Like, it's too late to move to L.A. We're too old to move to L.A. It's just like, oh, my God, I would I would commit so many weird satanic rituals to be 28 again. Me too. I'm like, right there with you. Well, if you can do the math, our show, 40-plus years of experience covering video games professionally, um, which is pretty amazing. I don't know if you're going to find that on too many other shows. I think um, I think Game Scoop. You're, you're not. You're going to find most podcasts. You're going to find people are not even as old as my career. So. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's true. I please, think- please, child from 2003, tell tell me about what the 90s were like. Hmm? <laughs> exactly. I think um, the only games other are podcast so much better on the Genesis. You were negative <laughs> 10 when that happened. Like but sports games, definitely. Sports. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love paying $99.1993 money for RPGs. That was great. (laughs) The only other podcast I can think of that's kind of in the same zone is uh, IGN's Game Scoop, which is IGN's multi-platform podcast. Mm. It's the one that isn't just related to one platform. It's so crazy that they still do platform-specific stuff even all these Because there's just fans that just want to hear about that. I mean, Matt, look at this. Um, Last Stand Media, they're all PlayStation. That's a PlayStation Mm. podcast. That's it. I mean, there's... I, mean, I can't even imagine a, a being on a podcast where I can't talk about other things, or if we're supposed to. I mean, I'm sure you, you can, as long as you're being negative about right. it. Right? Yeah, like, it's, it's hard to be positive about the other things because mm-hmm. your whole fan, your whole. Well, group I'll tell of you, fanboys. I'll tell you this much: uh, PlayStation focused podcast. Good luck this year. <laughs> yeah, you're so far. Have a rough ride. Yeah, but hope you like Rise of the Ronin. Yeah. But Game Scoop's funny because like IGN's like platform specific podcast, it's all young people. And then they shove mm. all the old dudes on the game <laughs> scoop. I'm not kidding. If you want, look at the cast of all their shows. They're all kids except for Game I mean, Scoop. Game Scoop does kind of sound like something like old guys would walk in with canes. Yeah. For. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, been around for a really yeah. long time. I love those guys, by the way. The Game Scoop crew. I love those dudes. So anyway, uh, there are some other places you can find people with about as much experience as Matt and I, but not many. That's for sure. Um, how's your week been, Matt? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Anything special happen this week? Um, Friday, I went to see the Auschwitz exhibit at the oh. Reagan Library. Oh, how was that? Um, informative. Sobering. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's like, what do you just say? I'm just like, oh, uh, 
fun? I don't no. know. Yeah, what yeah. word do you use? Yeah, yeah. It, it was. Uh, yeah, sobering's a good one. Like, yeah. just, it, it, there, I tell you, it, it is different. You know, I, obviously, I'm a big World War II person. I know about the Holocaust. I've read all that. You know, I'm very interested in all that. I'm very well informed on all of that. But I'll tell you, seeing the actual objects in front of you is a. It's Hits powerful. Home. It's it's crazy. It's yeah. Like the desk that the the commandant of Auschwitz sat behind and gave all those orders, it's sitting, it's right there in front of you. The the thing that gets me are the are the, are the shoes, mm. empty shoes. There's there's like a red, they have a red fancy shoe that some woman had that they found on top of a pile. There's a shoe that of a young boy, like a very young boy with a sock still stuffed in it. Yeah. It's like, and they, because the thing about the shoe is like, you can you can you can tell stuff about someone from a oh, shoe. Yeah. You know, not were they like, a laborer? Were right. They, yeah. Or just how big they were. You yeah. know, the size of them. How old yeah. they were. And also, it's like the thing is like, no one, especially then, no one goes anywhere without their shoes. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, the shoe being parted from the person is like, you're never coming back. That's true. Like, and it's... So, yeah, it was a... It was a Sobering thing, yeah. That's a yeah. good word. I have it. not gone there personally. Well, I unfortunately, it, clo- it ended on the twenty on Sunday. Yeah. Also, the day I was there was coincidentally the seventy uh, ninth anniversary of the Soviet army liberating Auschwitz. Wow. January twenty sixth, nineteen forty five. Wow. Crazy. Um, so yeah, it was a good day, even though it was at the Reagan Library. Yeah. <laughs> it like, it, I've never been there before, and it was so weird. It was such yeah, a weird thing. But I will say this: um, uh, in the entrance way. There's like the big line, the line thing, like snaky line to get into, like check. It wasn't actually that many people there, but I went in and I, I looked, and the floor has has tiles laid down, like stickers on the tiles from like when you had to do social distancing. And I'm like, oh, how did that go over at the Reagan Library? <laughs> You're like, oh, great. <laughs> uh, most of the staff was masked. I was I was surprised. Yeah. And I looked at it, and it says it has a thing. It says stand six feet apart. As Ronald Reagan said, trust but verify. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like, that's pretty great. Yeah. I thought that was... Because you know what? For all his faults, Reagan did believe in science. For the yeah, he part. did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got so... And I poked around afterwards and I saw his Air Force One and uh, you had to walk through the plane and mm-hmm. it was... It was pretty cool. That was, cool. Uh, the funny thing is, you go back to the press section. I'm like, this sucks as much as Coach does now. Like, this, <laughs> like the, the chairs don't go back. They're stuck yeah. up against this thing, and their phone their phone isn't the security clearance phone, so they just get to talk to normal people. Yeah. But to your was, point uh, about fun. seeing stuff in person and, and then it hitting home, I went to a museum in Washington D.C. a few years ago called the Museum. I think it's gone now. I think it actually went out of business. But they had Ted Kaczynski's cabin in there. They had brought oh, the whole cabin. Oh, I heard cabin. about that. Yeah, I remember hearing The that. whole cabin with all his stuff was sitting in there. And that's when it hit mm-hmm. home for me. You could see his workbench with, like, gunpowder stains on it. And I was like, whoa. Like, yeah. you're right. Seeing it with your own eyes makes a big difference. I saw an interesting thing this week about him, actually. It was or about that that situation was called linguistic forensics mm. and how they figured out who how they he was him. because of all the different way the f- turns of phrase he used and all that. And then uh, when they put out, like, kind of a thing in, highlighting all those, his brother recognized yeah, the turns of phrase. Like, that's my in. brother, and his brother turned him in. I'm like, that's fantastic. It's like it so. Is. So when you write your 900 page manifesto, <laughs> use a lot of expressions you don't normally <laughs> use. Good luck with that, by the way. <laughs> or I don't know how we got on all these topics. Or maybe just don't send the police a 900 page letter. Yeah, that might that be might, a good that idea. That might be a good way to not get caught if you're if you're going to do that. Um, anyway, well, welcome to Game Face. It is episode 374. We have a great episode for you guys today. Two huge games to discuss in today's episode. We're going to talk about Tekken 8. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Like a Dragon Infinite wealth today yeah but you uh, go find that last conversation we just had on game scoop yeah you, you, good, good luck. you definitely won't find it there i guarantee it hope you guys have had a great week filled with great games so i'm guessing you guys have probably started playing tekken 8 or like a dragon infinite wealth or both um and those tend to be like the best episodes of 
game face where you or maybe you've already completed Suicide Squad. I don't know. That, no, probably not. <laughs> and we'll get to why not here in a minute. Yeah, um, I didn't get to play that because it, I got it on PC and it doesn't didn't go live until 10, 10 this morning. Yeah. Yeah, well, PC, PC players got that the early access way later than everybody else. Yeah, we'll be talking about that on next week's episode. We'll be talking about uh, Persona Three Reload in next week's episode. Um, so good start to the year, actually, for episodes. Like we have have had great content throughout the year so far. A couple of these things could have been released like a week ago, maybe. Yeah, they're all piled up on each other. Yeah, well, here at the end of January, early February, for some reason, they're all kind of stacked yeah, together. Everybody got to get back in back in the office and yeah. up and running. And then there's a, an open beta for Skull and Bones. Believe it or not like the first second week of february and then it comes out on february 16th so we got some good stuff coming up here on game face over the next couple weeks and don't forget this is the last episode of game face like this uh things are going to be changing for next week's episode uh you have to wait and see what the changes are uh but the show will be changing a pretty good bit for next week's episode you guys should be excited to check it out again we'll be here at twitch.tv slash sifted games at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, like we are right now. Um, my week's been pretty normal, I guess is the best way to put it. I played a lot of games, spent a lot of time playing games this week. Um, still got all that family drama going on from the holidays, which isn't good. It's just kind of this thing that's just like sitting in the back of my mind at all times. Um, but we're working through that as a family. We'll see how all that stuff goes. But anyway, big, t- big stuff coming here next week for Game Face. But we have a great episode for you guys today. Um, and with that, I think we might as well get on with it. Although, mm-hmm. one thing before we do get to the housekeeping, today is the last day to sign up for the Sifted Fantasy Challenge. You guys had a full week from last week's episode to go and make your picks. They're still open right now. They're open until midnight tonight. So you have all day today to go and make your picks for the Sifted Fantasy Challenge. If you want to figure, figure out how to do it, just go to sifted.net right now. There is an article about it pinned to the top of the uh, homepage right now but today is your last day to get those picks in matt i will say one thing i feel like people have lost the spirit of the sifted fantasy challenge a little bit like so remember when we were doing the draft last week and people kept saying this game's not there and that game's not there and as it turned out they were all there pretty much they were just like freaking out over nothing which was a little disappointing that they wouldn't check hard before they raise a stink about it but anyway like just so many people complaining about stuff like, oh, where's this game? Where's that game? One person was like, I'm not doing it this year. I used to, he goes, I used to do this for fun, and now I'm not doing it anymore. It's like, well, then just do it for fun. What are you talking about? Like, What was missing? The a game. Oh, why did you start this late? It's just like, dude, it's for fun. Have fun. Are we? Can we have fun? No, people wanted Tekken or whatever. Why can we not have fun? I just don't understand why everybody has to complain about things all the time. Why is everybody so negative all the time? Like, wake up! Because that's what gets clicks. Because that's but they're not. No, these are just people watching right, our I know, content. I know, but like whatever you watch, whatever the people who the influencers you watch are the people that are going to influence how you behave. Find so better influencers. They, but that's not what works. Negative negativity gets clicks, and that's uh. become the online discourse. That's why people. That's why the seven. So... That's why seven years later there are still people complaining about the last jet. They talk more about the stuff they hate than the stuff they love i am so far beyond that mindset and that way of thinking it just didn't even, didn't even enter into my brain to be that way like have fun guys it's supposed to be fun like it's not this deathly serious live or die thing it's the sifted fantasy challenge pick your 10 games and cross your damn fingers that's it just have fun with it that's all i want you guys to do that's why we started it so you guys had something fun to do just have fun have fun on the website have fun playing video games stop being so negative it drives me bonkers. Like, our whole society is this way anymore. It drives me nuts. It's like, if you're positive anymore, you're the weirdo. 
Like, what the hell? I don't get it. Let's turn it around, people. Right here, we're starting with this stream. <laughs> not going to happen. No, not. <laughs> Definitely not going to happen. We're, 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 we have our negative days. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, the challenge, you have the end of day today to get your picks in. Again, go to sifted.net. There's a story at the top there. It'll take you to the link. You literally just use this fun interface to pick 10 games. You pick your 10 games. Make sure you pick your ringers first because the picks are weighted. Like you get multipliers for each of your picks that go down the more you pick. So make sure you have your best games loaded in your first five or six picks or whatever, and then good luck, because <laughs> I doubt I'll have all my games show up. In fact, Matt, I, the way I play this Hit the Fantasy Challenge, since we can't really win, is I just try to get the highest score possible. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what everybody does. But I mean, like, shooting for the stars. Like, not really caring if a game's going to come out or not. Like, I've, I'm obviously, I play very risky, which is kind of fun. And I always finish, I like, remember 50th. What I, I, think, I think I pick maybe more risks than I did on my main, on my I always main list. But, yeah. like... I try to get. I try to make sure it's all ten, but like, I can't remember what I, I think I did put Star Wars Outlaws in there, so I'm clearly not getting. I'm clearly not going totally safe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I, I don't at all. I can't. Rem I can't. I know I did it, but I don't remember what I did. I pick tons of long shots. You guys should play it safe, though. I mean, there are real prizes on the line. Again, if you're a patron of ours, you win two games, and if you're not a patron, you win one game. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever tie my my best, which was like fifth. I think I got fifth. I think you did one time actually. Yeah. Yeah, I always just don't care. Like, I care. I want to mm. try to, I want to set, like, the record is what I'm trying to do. Not just win, I guess, is the way I look at it. So, anyway, today's the last day. None of you jerks get games. What'd you say? You're like, you're, you're like I win. I don't, none of you people get games. <laughs> that wouldn't that suck. I imagine that would just be, you could just give it a second place or something, right? <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, get in there. You notice how he didn't your say picks. he would? That was that's interesting. <laughs> get in there, make your picks. Time is a running out. You got until the end of day today to do it. And with that, it's time to get on with the housekeeping. Uh, first, we were going to discuss today is an event that's happening tomorrow. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, on Tuesdays, it usually works out well for us that these events usually happen on Mondays, but this is not the case. There is a Sony State of Play tomorrow um, that PlayStation is saying they're going to show off 15 games. Mm -hmm. That seems like a lot. It seems like seven indie games. Yeah. And like some other things we've already heard of before. <laughs> well, they did give us some hints on the stuff that they're going to show tomorrow. And obviously, Matt and I will talk about this in next week's episode of Game Face, what they actually showed. But just to prepare you guys for tomorrow, and it will be on Sifted as always, um, they are going to show Rise of the Ronin, which is a PlayStation 5 exclusive, console exclusive. Uh, we talked about this. I drafted it on my fantasy team last week. We also talked about it in the PlayStation preview like three weeks ago. I don't know if we need to talk about it too much, but it's another historical angled Souls-like from Team Ninja, basically. And again, it is a PlayStation 5 exclusive. It's coming pretty soon. It's not too far away. So they're going to blow that game out. Another game that they're going to show a good bit of is Death Stranding 2. We just got that news this morning that Kojima's sequel will be shown. We don't know what we're going to see, but I mean, this first trailer that they gave us is like three minutes long. Mm -hmm. Like, usually debut trailers are like a minute 10, minute 20. He gave us like three minutes. And I'll admit, watching this trailer, I don't, it, I'm not connecting a lot of dots here between this and the last game. Are you? Well, I mean, this, you played a lot more of it than I did. I mean, it's the girl. Right. And there's a baby and there's the baby's pod, so it's probably the the BB one from whatever from the from he carried around. So you think this is going back in time? No, I think this is after. Like Oh, because the baby's older baby's, now, you're the baby's right. Baby's older and out of the pod. Right, yeah, the baby's older. Is she putting it back in the pod? I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> I mean she's I mean she's running away with it with the baby because the the fucking the, Imperial Royal Guard have shown up. Uh-huh. 
Um, I don't know. It's Kojima. I don't fucking know what he's doing. <laughs> uh, Mitchell Ness says, have you seen the leaks? They look credible. I haven't seen any leaks. Have you? Um, I mean, there was this. I don't. Was this an announcement or a leak? I don't know. Pharaoh Dahl says, I will give my left boob for a Bloodborne sequel. Ain't gonna happen, but a lady can dream. <laughs> I, I feel like eventually that will come. Like, I think I that's think gonna so. happen. I don't think so. I don't think uh, From really has any interest in a platform exclusive anymore. What'd you say? I don't think From really has an interest in a platform exclusive anymore. Well, I think Sony just gives them so much money to make it that they just can't turn it down. Mm, I don't think Sony's going to do that with that. Because here's the thing. I know everybody's very loud about Bloodborne and Bloodborne Remaster, Bloodborne 2 online. There's very few people who actually want... Like It's it's like the thing where people screamed about the Zack Snyder Justice League for, for years, and it got 2 million viewers. Oh, views. Uh, yeah. 2 million views. <laughs> Rebel Moon got 34 million. <laughs> yeah. like, it, like, that's, that's nothing. Like, yeah, it's that's a loud, sad. small group of people, and I promise From would rather move on and make another Elden Ring and make millions and millions of dollars on that. and On their own IP, where they make all own, the money. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just... I mean, because also, like, don't monkeys paw that too hard, or Sony might hire someone other than From to make Bloodborne 2. No, you're right. Like, how's that going to work out? Because does PlayStation own that IP? Uh, that is Sony's, yeah. I think it does, yeah. So it could technically... They just else. shut down Bloodborne Cart, which is a <laughs> That's fan, right, a fan actually. Game. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. Okay. Um, Vincent says the other leaks include the Until Dawn remaster. Yeah, we've had that up yeah. on Sifted. Yeah. Um, did he just say Judas? Judas, yeah. Oh. Oh, wow. Finally, we'll get another look at the spiritual successor to Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we, should, maybe we should not insult it by saying that. We should just say it's its own thing. Well, it's Ken Levine's new game, and yeah. it looks a whole lot like Bioshock. What we've seen of it yeah, so far, it's clearly it's clearly the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, Until Dawn Remaster, we've kind of known about that for a couple weeks now, um, which is a little bit surprising. Pharaoh Dahl says, and I think Matt's correct. So yeah, I, don't, I don't think um, I don't think Until Dawn Remaster makes some sense, just in the sense that uh, they're making a movie now, so you might as well make it you know available yeah yeah sonic generations remaster which is like uh, sure all right are we ready for that i does that need that <laughs> i don't i, I, I don't, I, don't I, I thought it looked pretty good to your to begin point with. about bloodborne 2 i think there are even less people <laughs> oh i think there's i mean maybe, maybe ask specifically for sonic generations i'd imagine the sonic fan base is bigger than the bloodborne fan base yeah probably but i don't think they're asking i don't for know sonic if generations, generations remastered yeah. is really what they're after there but yeah like um, and somebody asked if, if those leaks sound legit. I mean, they make sense. Like They're boring enough to be real, yes. Well, Judas, I'm really Judas excited. Judas is cool. Like, I, mean, I, I mean, I hope Judas is more of a, th- you know, more meat on it than just like, here's another trailer. You know? Yeah. Because um, it's interesting, you know, putting in this, like, you, you, you're tempted to think, like, they're this year. Yeah. Because like, you're going to do the first day to play in the year, and it's going to be like, you're kind of, and we don't know anything else that's coming from Sony this year except Rise of the Ronin, really. Yeah. So you're kind of hoping that, like, oh, this is going to lay out what, the plan for 2024 is yeah and it should that's including should judas and and death stranding too like sure yeah um i'm excited for judas well, yeah oh, the i new, hope it does the new metro up. game yeah i heard it i knew i heard about uh, that. a metro sequel all in the leaks silent hill 2 remake they're going to show that again so maybe we'll mm-hmm. get another trailer wow that's looking pretty good judas rise of the ronin until dawn silent hill 2 remake death stranding 2 a metro sequel and then you're forgetting one which is um and i have it written down here Stellar Blade. Uh, Stellar Blade. Yeah. And people have been people were wondering like we why we didn't draft this. Cuz it looks like every other character action game I've ever seen and I don't really trust it to get more than a 7. Yeah. Like this is this just looks like every like if you're going to like 
like the 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 state of Japanese game development has shifted to the point where if you're gonna like if you say Japanese game to me, I don't think about like an action RPG or a JRPG anymore. I think about this garbage. Yeah, hack and slash, hack and slash yeah. character action, Devil May Cry like thing that is just full of over designed sci-fi and and fantasy nonsense that nobody's gonna remember a week later. I really wondered if this game was ever gonna come out, but it, it is. I mean, it's mm-hmm. pretty much penciled in now for PlayStation this year. They promoted it already once recently, so. Um, yeah, I mean, this game hasn't really connected with me for whatever reason. It looks like one of those games mm. that has a, a cool trailer, um, but not. <laughs> but mm. the game's not. Um, hey, Raul, Raul Jin Z. First time chat. I'm going to bring you up, bro. First time chatting on Game Face. Let's see what he says. Uh, finally rejoined Sifted as a member. Thank you. I usually watch on YouTube a week later and had no idea I'd be waltzing right into a live show, but glad to be here and supporting the show right as it is happening. Thank you, Rowan. Ro Jin Z. Z. Or Rojin Z, depending on where you are. Yep. And here's a round of applause in thanks. We oh. appreciate every single one of our patrons. You do not get lost in the shuffle with us like you do at a lot of the other big gaming Patreons. We appreciate every single one of you guys. So thank you again, Rao Gen Z. We're here every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Come on back next week and we'll see you here. Yeah, Stellar Blade is Korean, but like they are just duplicating the same trend that already has existed in Japan for years. Like, Which is why like we like we don't need any more of these. Yeah. I'm I really don't <laughs> have any interest in playing any more of these ever again. Well the other thing we talked about it during was it draft or twenty twenty four preview, I don't remember. Um, but we talked about how a lot of these Korean games, like they look great in trailers and then they either never come out or when they do, they're like jank fests. So um, I was not going to draft this game under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like, look, if it comes out and it ends up being good, Stellar Blade 2, I'll be all over it for fantasy drafts. But people got to show it to me before I'm drafting it. That's all there is to it. I'm not mm-hmm. going out on the limb with some brand new studio, some brand new IP that we don't know about. That's how you lose fantasy drafts that's how you lose fantasy leagues video game fantasy leagues and hail the starscreen points out that the metro game is supposed to be vr um oh it's a vr game which would track and especially because they did mention psvr2 in the state of play announcement mm. i mean that's kind of the x factor here isn't it matt what's up with playstation vr2 <laughs> nothing is up with playstation vr2 that's what it, well but one of the throw, first... clearly throwing it a metro bone does sort of Makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense, actually. Uh, one of the early questions for 2024 for Pactor on Pactor Factor was, is PlayStation VR 2 dead? And he unequivocally said, yes, yes. it absolutely is dead. Yes, it is. Um, it's a shame, but it is. I mean, Metro, they'll have some things like this where they sort of, you know, shock it with the paddles a couple <laughs> times, but it's not going <laughs> to. Yep. And look, until PlayStation. It was honestly over the day it came out. It really was. Until PlayStation commits to supplying those platforms with real first-party games consistently because what playstation does it puts its eggs in the first basket Mm -hmm. and they're like let's see how it does and if it doesn't take off like wildfire they just give up on it and that looks like exactly what is happening again with playstation vr2 so i hope that there's something that's interesting for it in tomorrow's state of play it kind of needs to happen so Anyway, anything else that maybe you're looking for in tomorrow's thing, Matt? Not really. I mean, I'm looking for, like, first-party stuff for 2024. Like, I don't think we're going to get any of that I don't tomorrow. think we'll get that tomorrow either. But, man, we really need, like, some kind of hope that there's, like... Yeah, and my, of course, eternally, I'm just like, you should save more games, more first-party games from PS3. Yeah. 
Yeah, seriously. Yeah, there's a bunch on like there. You should do a Resistance collection. You should do a Sly Cooper collection. You should do a Jack collection. Yeah. All that stuff should be playable on the modern console. I, we may see something like that tomorrow. I yeah. can see something like that being in there. Ratchet collect, like what? Mm-hmm. You know what might help Ratchet sales next time around? Other than not being you know that early in a, in a console life cycle. a console that you can't buy anywhere yeah. yet. Um, the uh, yeah, be having the old games available yeah. and playable. Because you got to realize, there's new generations of players that are yeah. coming of age every day. They don't know what Ratchet is. They don't know what Jack sure, is, for yeah, sure. They, I'm sure they'd enjoy playing, though. <laughs> yeah, for you know? sure. Yep. Going Commando and Up Your Arsenal are eternal, basically. Yeah. First couple Jack games are pretty good. Kind of flew off the rails after that, but... Yeah, I think the Jack trilogy is interesting in that how they're, none of them are remotely comparable to each other. Really. Yeah. It's, like, it's like the first one's a Banjo-Kazooie clone. The second yep. one is like a weird open-world game. And the third one is a post-apocalyptic racing game almost. <laughs> it's like, so weird. Like, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I know it's an open-world game too, but like you spend so much time racing in, in the third Jack. It's so weird. And then they made a racing game. Yeah, they like, did. Jack Team Racing. Jack X. Jack X, yeah. And it's just like, okay. like that, <laughs> Naughty Dog was was on some good shit that, that week, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Well, they do live it's in no Cal- Bloodborne cart, but I'll take it. Well, they do live in California. I mean, obviously, I'm hoping it goes to Tsushima too. So any, I mean, any, any. That is what we're kind of waiting for. Any right? sucker punch news is good for me anytime because yeah. I those guys those guys never miss. So yeah. still um, need to know what Sony Bend is working on right now. If are they are, if they, anything, are they doing their own thing or are they just a support studio? The messages coming out of there have been mixed. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they're supporting, but still pitching projects to the mothership. I don't know. So mm. there's still lots of X factors with PlayStation more than any. So again, don't forget tomorrow. I believe it's at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. It goes up, um, but we'll have it curated for you guys at sifted.net, so you won't miss it. It'll be we'll rate it, so it'll be high up in all your guys' sifts. You won't be able to miss it. So big state of play coming up tomorrow. Next up, more rumblings about Switch 2. And Matt, this might be the first little piece of information we've got about Switch 2. Um, that has been discouraging to me, other than the fact that it's a hybrid again, which you know, neither you nor I are really big fans of. But, but that was inevitable. But Bloomberg reported this week that the Switch 2 will have an 8-inch screen, which is great, because right now the Switch OLED screen is 7 inches. So that's an extra inch on a handheld. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the screen is an LCD screen, which means... That basically what Nintendo is trying to do is repeat the entire process that it had with Switch all over again. Yeah, they want you to buy the OLED version. Buy the cheap version, cheaper version first. Mm-hmm. Get make those because here's the other thing: LCD screens, easy, cheap to yep. get, won't hurt your production. You won't be waiting for screens to show up. Yeah, easy to replace. Easier. Yep, exactly. So you go through your whole first three years, basically your extended launch period with that model, and then year three or four, you introduce the. Switch 2 or whatever the hell it's called, OLED model. The and Super they, Nintendo Switch OLED model. Right, there you That's go. <laughs> and they get us to buy it all over again. Um, how do you feel about that, Matt? I know you don't care about I, the handheld yeah, functionality. I do not care. All this does is make the, the system cheaper, and I'm never going to look at that screen, so great. Uh, would, here's a question for you. Would you rather have a 7-inch OLED screen or an 8-inch LCD screen? I would rather have a 65-inch OLED screen because that's what I have. <laughs> that's hilarious. I'll be honest with you, Matt. I would prefer the 7-inch OLED screen over an extra inch of LCD. Mm. Um, but again, I don't really play in handheld mode at all. I'm no, like, Matt. Not, it's not an issue for me. I like my OLED LG TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where I will play the Switch to 99% of the time. Yeah, the only time I've ever played it handheld mode is when... Uh, the lag from hooking it up to the dock to the TV 
made it imp- catching the, the the big fish impossible in Animal Crossing. Ah, it was just enough lag right. that you couldn't hit the button in time. <laughs> so I had to play it handheld to catch like the swordfish and stuff. Yeah, that was it. The only time I played Switch play Switch in handheld is when I need to play a game for Game Face for Sifted. And I like football's on or the penguins are playing and then I'll put like NFL football on the TV and then I'll play on my handheld. Other than that, I never use a handheld mode. So it doesn't matter that much to me. But what about you guys? Would you guys rather have the seven inch OLED or would you rather have an extra inch of an LCD screen? Um, Truth be told, I'd rather have an actual game console that competes with the Xbox and the PlayStation. But I think we'd all we know that's not coming. from. Yeah, that's probably not. Also, but in this in the same you know same ballpark of like we knew nintendo's not going to do that did you expect nintendo to do anything different than this like i thought once they moved to an oled screen i thought that they would stick with it i never believed that for one second i did oled is such a reliable upgrade they're always going to go for that i mean i get that that. but it's like once you go oled it's hard to go back well, like, you're, you're gonna. I know you're gonna. Have, they're gonna force you to. Like, what, what are you gonna do? Not play the new Mario game? Yeah. They know. They know. Yeah. They know they got you. Yeah. That's the problem with being a Nintendo fan. I'm just curious why they think that is the right decision. Because they're gonna make more money from these people that just go buy a second Switch. I mean, they're gonna sell out for the first two years, regardless. Sure. I mean, they could charge but this way almost they, whatever they but want. But this way, they have a very easy, proven way to get you to buy another one in two, two to three years. Yeah. That's. I mean, it. That's and I'll be honest with you, I. Did that. They're a business. They're not your friend. Like, Nintendo sent me the original Switch for free, which I was very grateful They probably about. also want to keep the price down. But they didn't send me the OLED one. I had to go buy that myself. Yeah. And I did. I went and bought it for the upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Even though you never use the, the handheld. Vincent's saying going above 350 is doom. Yeah. I mean, if it's, again, an underpowered mm-hmm. platform like Nintendo Yeah, platforms if, if you were saying are. $400 because you thought it was going to have an OLED, then I might agree with you. But I never thought it would have an OLED. I mean, an OLED... An extra 10 bucks per unit, probably, for an OLED screen. Nah, that's not how the accountants see it. Right. <laughs> well, they what they can charge, I think, right. is, is the difference, right? Mm-hmm. But the actual cost isn't that much. Um, see what you guys are saying about it. Um, Scorpius Finest says OLED all the way. Yeah, once you go I LED, mean, obviously, OLED, OLED is better. But I'm saying for, you know, an 8-inch versus a 7-inch. That's the, the conundrum. Mm. I mean, uh, it's still, it's says still 60 inches back. too small for me, so... <laughs> Um, Congrim says OLED with Metroid Prime 4, please. Yeah. Uh, uh, good news is I, I have that. You can do that if you have an OLED TV. You can do what? You can have Metroid Prime 4 in an OLED oh, right. because if you have a TV. <laughs> but you got to realize, Matt, a lot of people do play their Switch in handheld mode. Yeah, well, that's their problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I mean, LCD just, screens just, really suck. It's hard to believe they even make LCD screens anymore. Oh, well, I mean, I mean <laughs> tons of cheap devices need LCD screens. Like, you're not going to get an OLED on some, like, you know, like, home sa- home security panel or something. Yeah. Like, it's just that for that stuff. But. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, for cheap home yeah. consumer electronics. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, it works. Welcome back to the cheap consumer <laughs> electronics show. Nox Adernitis says the new CCES. Switch. CCES. <laughs> Uh, Noxator Nidus says the new Switch might be my first Nintendo system since 1995. Wow. Wow. You've really been on a, I don't Like, I don't know why. Since 1995, you haven't found a single so, Nintendo somebody, game. Somebody really didn't like the 3D era, <laughs> I guess. Really? Yeah. You were not a fan of the N64 at all. Um, and they're asking us what we think the price is going to be. We've kind of talked about this already, but Neo Geo 2K says 350 is perfect. Include two games plus an extra controller for five. Yeah. I mean, I think 
three three fifty is probably what it's going to be. Yeah, three three. I mean, three fifty is probably more likely given inflation, but like three three hundred three fifty is. Your, Except there's is no your inflation anymore. <laughs> it's gone now. Yeah, but they still, use it for an excuse though. Still, still staying at, <laughs> staying at the same prices though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, they that, just, this this week they just removed the uh, the um, uh, the ban on raising rent in L.A. County. Did they? Yeah, because obviously rents have been too low for all this time oh no so you can raise you can raise rents again and, and i've had my rent raised already twice yeah but, since the pandemic yeah but now i think it, whatever the thing that was preventing it from the pandemic is gone fully. oh well, i think did, there, i think there are other didn't keep my landlords from raising our rent <laughs> well, <laughs> like, your, land, your landlords are sound like monsters they are from what you've described they are so. yeah yep hopefully they're not watching and they're not going to kick me out <laughs> i highly doubt they're watching uh, so anyway, that's the latest information. Somebody's always paying attention, Mr. Mulder. <laughs> that's the latest information we have on Switch 2. By the way, that comes via Bloomberg. We always like to source the information here on Game Face. Next up, we got some uh, disappointing news that we didn't know we were supposed to be disappointed in until we got the news. And that was the latest on the chopping block for Embracer, because it's a complete disaster right now, is IDOS Montreal. And unbeknownst to most people, IDOS Montreal was working on a new Deus Ex game. Mm -hmm. And now that Deus Ex game has been canceled. Um, I did see a funny thing where some guy responded to this by saying, like, can't the United States and Europe establish things where, um, you know, protections for workers on this and make sure that this doesn't happen during acquisitions or after acquisitions? Da, 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 da. And people were like, well, yeah, they could, but A, they won't. And B, that wouldn't have solved this problem, wouldn't have protected this company, this game. And the guy's like, why wouldn't it? Like, it was a whole thing. And finally, someone's like, Montreal's not in the United States. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> just like, uh, yes, geography is hard. But <clears throat> and that's you... pretty some simple geography. <laughs> Noxator Nidus explains, growing up, my friend had Nintendo systems. Okay. And look, I did the same thing. Like, my friend would have one system, I'd have the other, and we'd just trade them back and forth so we could play all the games. So I totally get it. Uh, but yeah. now you're thinking about buying one. So that's something has happened along the way. This had you mm -hmm. uh, motivate you to maybe buy one on your own. Matt? The, uh, I, don't know. I, don't, I don't think it was t taking into account this layoff and a couple other ones that have already happened. I saw last, uh, earlier in the week or late last week, over 6,000 people have lost their jobs in the game industry this month. I know. Just in this year. Yep. Just in January. Yeah. It's really bad, dude. It's really, really bad. Um, here's my question, though. I feel like this may have been a blessing in disguise. I don't know that making another Deus Ex game is that good of an it, idea. It probably wouldn't have you know, put them through. But again, Embracer wasn't really interested in that. They were interested in promoting these IPs and recognizable IPs and saying, we got a Deus Ex game coming, we got this coming, we got we pleasing fans, building buzz. You know, they expected to no longer own the company anymore by the time this game was going to be released. Yep. You know, they, that was not their concern. I mean, that's what's happening with all these projects. Like, yeah. they were just saying, well, we have all these games in development on all based on all these awesome franchises. Why don't you buy us? Yep. And then nobody wanted to buy. And now they're like, well, I guess these, fran these well, they games. They could never afford to bring any of those all to fruition right. without the extra, at least without selling or with the extra funding they were trying to get from the Saudis. Yep. And that's not coming coming through. So all these things got to go. I mean, let's be honest. I will say the, the Volition guys formed a new company. 
mm-hmm. uh, this week called Shapeshifter. They did. Where yeah. they're hoping to, you know, continue. Through. I'm, I'm sure we'll get some kind of Saints Row alike at some point. <laughs> Probably. Um, maybe this time with a little more of the volition magic that was yeah. missing from the last one. Well, the crazy part about it is, you know, people are using all you know, these figures of how many people have been laid off in the industry, and they're totally accurate and real. But the truth of the matter is, is the vast majority of those layoffs are coming from one company, mm-hmm. Embracer. It, well, Embracer's it, 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 horrible well, financial gamble yeah. has really crushed. I mean, that the was always the the issue, and like the kind of the prediction was like, if this doesn't work, it's thousands of people's lives on the line, basically. Yeah, and it's it's extra funny because Embracer's such a sinister name right. for something that's doing <laughs> the like, irony. I mean, all you do is picture like an octopus <laughs> sort of like wrapping right. its tentacles around, <laughs> you know. gradually squeezing the life out of you. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so I don't know if the new Deus sex was all that good of an idea, like. The last cup, the last one in particular, did not do very well at all. Mankind Divided, Mankind yeah. Divided sold okay, but it sold like half of the previous right. one. So it's like it didn't. It's not. It still sold like five, four or five million. Copies. Did it sell that much? It was a, several million. It, it wasn't a bomb, but it also wasn't the previous game. You know, it was well, way down from the previous a game. It takes four years to make, right. and, and was also you know under Square and Square nothing. We all know Square, Square standards so. are. Pie in the sky. This wasn't the top-selling game of all time. It's a failure. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I like the Deus Ex, the modern, you know, the Adam era Deus Ex stuff. Um, but even I was kind of surprised that it, that Mankind Divided came out. Yeah. You know, like it. Just, I mean, Human Revolution was a was a hit, but mm-hmm. it's like. You know that kind of that that subgenre is such a hard sell, and like you know, you, you I think it was say, a hit because Deus Ex had been gone for a really long time, and people like somewhat, us had talked up Deus Ex for like twenty years. I don't think that explains the sales of that magnitude. I think it was popular because it looked cool. Yeah, um, it looked cool. It looked different, and it wasn't like anything. Else. You know, cyberpunk yeah. wasn't very common at That's the true. time. Yeah, um, and it was you know it was. It was you, and also, there was a period of time where you'd go by. And also, it was pretty good. You know, it was pretty good. And you go by units sold. There was a period where you could get that game for five bucks on every Steam sale. I mean, mm-hmm. so it was accessible as well. Yeah. And um, he, Mankind Divided was a little, you know, it was in a cra- more crowded field. It was a little more gray. I thought. I thought gold. I thought, I thought, remember, the whole thing was gold. I mean, it was gold, yeah. I remember talking to the art director from that game, and he just talked about we chose a color for this game. And then as soon as he said that, I was like, gold. He's like, yep. <laughs> if you look at that trailer we just showed you, there is gold everywhere. Mm-hmm. It is the weirdest art style ever. And they had their artists there explaining it to me. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, they like, did it in the first one, too. The first one is Was kind it? Of, you know, I don't remember that. The first one's kind of covered in a urine yellow sheen. Oh, really? Throughout. Like yellow, yellow, orange, gold is sort of the color of that that those games for some reason. <laughs> um, Pick their winner there. Uh, so anyway, a Deus Ex game that you didn't know existed has been canceled. <laughs> and, and truth be told, if you did know it existed, there actually are a few stories about it on Sifted. So if you're a sifter, you may have known about it or remembered it. Chances are most of the people watching this or listening to this didn't see that on Sifted. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there was going to be a big uproar over this game being canceled. I don't think people would have cared that much if they no. knew it, was, it existed. So Honestly, this subgenre is is kind of a loser and almost always is yeah like financially just, yeah like you know arcane has made a career out of underperforming with this genre <laughs> the irony of that yeah. statement made a career out of underperforming mm-hmm. in retail yep maybe uh, blade yeah do it <laughs> so anyway what you think we'll ever get another day of sex now i kind of I, think... I imagine someone will pick that ip up at some point like 20 years from now maybe uh, when, when embracer does a fire sale later this year or next year somebody will be like under, like interplay did somebody mm-hmm. will pick it up and do something with it hell it wouldn't surprise me if uh, microsoft picked it up and handed it to arcane yeah maybe 
I, I mean, you know. want to talk about throwing bad, mo- good money after bad? <laughs> exactly. Like that basically seems to be what that's there for. So I would be surprised if there's another Deus Ex. I'll just say it. I think there. I think there will. It may not be like a full immersive sim like thing, but I, you know, I can see someone doing like a weird visual novel with it. I could see doing like a side-scrolling Metroidvania with it. Like you can do a lot more than just that Adam, what's his name, story. You know, he never asked for this. After yeah, all. I know. So yeah. um, you could you just set something in that universe. I wonder what. Um what happens to the team left there? Because they laid off, I think it was 97 people. Yeah, almost 100 people, yeah. I mean, I'm guess, my guess is that's at least half of that studio. Uh, that sounds right, yeah. I mean, what, what now what now? happens? I don't know, slowly wind them down. Embracer, man. What a nightmare. Um, okay, moving on to something a little more whimsy and fun. Our old buddy Cliffy B. He hates being called that, mm-hmm. and so I use it at every opportunity. Um, he... I feel like Matt. I feel like Cliff doesn't really want to make games anymore. I feel like mm-hmm. if he wanted to, he would be making games. But he has his hands. He's working. He's on a comic book, and now he's he's got a bunch of he's got another show coming up on Broadway. And he's yeah. and I, it's awesome. He's like dipping his hands in all this other stuff. But if you want to make games, you gotta make games. Like you can't just roll mm-hmm. into a board meeting and sit in a meeting for thirty minutes and then call yourself a game developer. And that's kind of what he's hinted at here. He wants to work on the next Gears game. I actually and, don't think that's true. What's true? That he wants to work on it. Really? No. I think he's just saying that to just generate buzz for the comic or something? No, I think, but people ask him all the time, why aren't you making Gear 6? Like, that's one of the constant things is, why are you making, like, how come you didn't make Gear 6? Why, when are you going to do Gear 6? And he's like, a lot of people don't seem to understand he does hasn't worked on Gears of War since 3. Right. Um, so I think this was in part, like, because he put up this thing and kind of like a, like a letter, open letter thing on his social media. And I'm like, to me, it's like he's basically finally kind of publicly saying, it's like, hey, Microsoft, if you want me to consult on, on Gear 6, I will. And it would probably be good for you if you did, but I'm fine if you don't. Like, it, it felt like a final sort of like, look, guys, I asked. I put it out there. I said, you know, let's do this. And if they don't do it, you know, what can I do? Uh, leave me alone. Basically. Well, his quote was. Because he's already got, you know, he's fine. Financially, oh, he's yeah. fine. <laughs> he can do it. If he wanted to make more video games, he would. Like, yeah. you know, he has the money to do it. He has the investors to do it. Like, Lawbreakers isn't going to dry up any of his, you know, capital, venture capital funding if he wanted to do more. You know, uh, but he's very he's a successful Broadway producer. He was the, one of the people that helped bring uh, um, Town to uh, mm-hmm. to the forefront, which, yeah. like, was, a you know, huge. I mean, he has a Tony, for God's sake. Like, did he win a Tony? The show won a Tony. As a producer, well, he theoretically might yeah. have gotten one. I don't know if he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that the show had won a Tony. Show won Best New Musical. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It, it was, it was, At the Tony. It was a great pick. For a first-time Broadway investor, he picked a big winner. <laughs> it's a gold And mark. now, anything he, in that world, anything he picks gets attention because it's one of the guys who backed Hades Town. Right, so right. He's in a good position there. His, his comic's been well-received. Um like there's no reason for him to get involved. Yeah, it, honestly, at this point, like doing work on Gears Six would be a favor to Microsoft more than him. Yeah. Well, his exact quote was, it. "If they're smart, they'll hire me to work on the game." He's probably right. Um, having Cliff out there, if they, if they would negotiate to have him out there in the marketing campaign and have him sort of being the front man for PR. That's instant attention. I agree. I think it would instantly put Gear Six. It at would the do top. a lot more for Gear Six than for Cliff. And even if he did nothing on it, even if he's just there to announce the debut yeah. trailer, even or, if he's just like a pretty face, like, yeah. Even if he's just the front man, yeah. just having him there fronting Gears again would make a yeah. difference. It would be, be like um, when James Cameron said that Terminator Dark Fate was was his pick for right. the Terminator. Series. You know, he didn't do anything on that. He's just listed as a producer. But it's like. 
hearing James Cameron say, yeah, this one's good, was like fool a lot of people. <laughs> so yeah. Cliff could do the same, Harry. Yep. Um, so I kind of assume that Gear 6 is already like mostly done. <laughs> it feels a little late for him to be jumping into the fray. Like... I, I mean, feel like it's probably so, halfway finished at least. I mean, like, if, I, I don't know what else that that. I mean, that's all it doing. does. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I think they, they jumped change, in. We're helping on. They Perfect did change Dark. their name to kind of not lock themselves in that hard. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, but it would kind of surprise me if Gear Six wasn't like coming next year or something. Yeah, like if we wouldn't see like a trailer at the Game Awards or something this year. Like yeah. it feels like I don't know. He's getting in a little late on. I this, mean, right but. now it seems like Microsoft is really emphasizing the stuff that is not Halo, Gears, or Forza because mm-hmm. they want to show like, hey, look, things that aren't those three games are coming out this year. Yeah. Um, which is one reason I think maybe we didn't see a Forza Horizon two <laughs> you may be or Forza right. Horizon because it's a running tease. joke at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think I agree. Even with though you. I would welcome Forza, I mean, I'm yeah, super. I'm ready for, for more for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, that Deus Ex story was broken by Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. I want to make mm-hmm. sure, again, that we source people who break stories. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like Gear 6 is probably it's too late for Cliff to save it. But it's not too late for them to just sign him on as a quote unquote consultant. Right. That might be smart. But it's also like, what are you what are you going to do as a consultant for Gears? It's like, yeah, that gun should have a chainsaw on it, too. Like, like, <laughs> Everything like, should what, have a chainsaw. Like, Gears is sort of a solved equation. You just got to come up with something that's worth a story worth telling in a, you know, I don't know, maybe it means like multiplayer stuff more because that is where his ex- he excels. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I don't know, you know, I just think, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think like Gears needed like a you know, revamp or like it was a, a broken game or anything. I just think it needed to cool off for a while, you know? Rao Gen Z uh, reminds us that they need to wrap up Kate's story first. And he thinks yeah. that they should do it before they, they bring in Cliff. Um, yeah, I don't I could, think Kate is terrible. I don't think the no, story like, going like on right Kate's now is terrible. terrible. I, I, don't, I just don't think the story is very interesting. It has nothing to do with her. It's just like, you know, okay, sure. Um, the thing about, I mean, I do think it might be worth, I mean, not Gear 6, but if you want to do a, you know, Gear, Gear 6 kind of completes the second trilogy mm-hmm. and you want to start from somewhere new in another, you know, after that, like that would be a good time to bring Cliff in as more of a, a brain for, for I, I don't for think you bring him in now to have him actually do anything on the game. I no. think you bring him in just to be the face. Yeah, as an endorsement. And then maybe basically. the next game, he actually has some creative input on it. But for now, like just having yeah, him. Yeah, at least bring him in and have like and be like, okay, we're going to work on Gear 7 now. Like, what are your ideas? As the person who kind of originated this, what were, what are your ideas about where to go with yeah. it? Yeah. Um, you could at least hear him. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Cliff, again, like, you know, Matt and I know him outside of the industry. Like, mm-hmm. I'm friends with him on Facebook. And if you're friends with him on Facebook, he's just like some other dude on Facebook. He posts every day, random stuff. Yeah, like, like I know he has that kind of persona that people perceive, and he did have that kind of public-facing persona of yeah. like kind of the obnoxious bro, thinks he's awesome, mm-hmm. and, and he's just like and he's really day. not like that. He's at not, all. He really isn't like he's that. He's a really have, good guy. I have absolutely no <laughs> tolerance in real life for people who are like that, and Cliff is not like that at all. Yeah, he's, he's a really he's, good dude. He's, he's just, a good he dude. He's, he's lived a life. He's learned his lessons. He's he he. You know, I I always will tell the story of uh, seeing him right after. Bosky started a, a collapse. It was mm-hmm. a Packers party, in fact. Yeah. And he was so upset. Yeah. Like he was, you could tell, I mean, I've seen him, you know, I can't count how many times, and he's always, you know, Cliff. He's jovial. Always, he's and, jovial, yeah. and he's got a drink in his hand, and he's he's got his wife with him, and he's hanging out. And he was just sitting on one of those little poofs, like yeah. in the middle of the thing, and just sort of like nodding to people. And I was like, what's, you know, hey, man, what's, he's like, man, like, it's, just such, it's so hard to be happy right now. Because yeah. he, he blamed himself for every single person who lost that job and didn't know how they're going to feed their family and all that. Like, he's, like, he's not 
this weird, arrogant dick that people portray him as. He really isn't. Yeah, he's a great dude. He actually tried to hire me to work at Boss Key um, when I was working on Sifted. And he wanted me to come and be their community manager mm-hmm. or whatever. But I had to move to Raleigh, North Carolina. And I was like, I can't do it, man. I'm yeah. like, I'm sorry. I can't move there. Um, and I think he ended up hiring Rohan, who used to work with me at Game that Trailers. Sounds, sounds and right, he ended yeah. up doing it. But anyway, beyond that, Cliff is just a really good dude. His persona in the early days of the Xbox 360 belayed who he really mm-hmm. is. Um, he's always been a good guy. It was just kind of this weird, like, dude, huge persona thing. Yeah. That just kind of was, it wasn't really him ever. It's really weird how that happened. But that's what happens when you go in the gym for a couple years and you show up and you're all jacked up. Yeah. People are like, and he wanted to be, you know, he wanted to be a star and he wanted the, wanted the, the attention and the fame and like this. And he, and he got it. He found a way to get it. Yeah. But I, I'll always remember coming in for because the first year we were here at G, for G4 was the year they did they had G-Foria like a week before we moved down here or something mm-hmm. and that was the year he was on and did the whole thing where he said seriously like 4,000 times yeah, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> and um, when I, the, like one of the first days we were down here Kevin Pereira had cut together a whole montage of him saying seriously 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 <laughs> like set to like techno music uh-huh. and like sent it out and he's like oh my god and like Cliff thought it was really fun and like that was like I think the first time I really had any kind of glimpse of Cliff outside of the persona uh-huh. and it was like and he thought it was really he's like oh my god I was so stupid like, <laughs> like, like he had humility about it and he had a sense of humor about himself yeah. about it and it was like oh okay this guy is not this this facing persona this is this is a real person yep clippy's good people uh, don't second guess that for a minute um so anyway we'll see what happens with gear six my guess is we'll see an announcement of that game before the end of the year probably released next year timing seems to be working out that way we'll mm-hmm. see how it goes um so we've been talking about layoffs already in housekeeping and the worst of all the layoffs this week was a layoff of 1900 people at mm-hmm. Xbox, as it turned out, it wasn't really just Microsoft. It was really 1,900 people from the games group. Um, so, mm-hmm. the one thing I will say, which is was it, I will say, was about um, what, uh, estimates of how many people would end up losing their jobs after that merger was about that. Oh, it was. It was I esti- thought it might be less. No, honestly. the estimate was like I think it was 20 percent oh. of like the the crossover like overlap stuff yeah and that and the estimate was something like nine like something like 1900 to 2000 it was like oh. one of, i saw right on i saw an article from when the merger was being you know litigated mm-hmm. and as one of the downsides that was listed and the estimate was like within like 50 people wow. it was, it was like, like there's a math to this that yeah. is expected but it doesn't make it suck any less yeah i hate to say it but like unfortunately when one company buys another company yeah. this happens every yeah. time and i saw people going back oh that's why the ftc and everyone should be preventing these they don't give a shit. That's, about they that. don't care. That's about not that at why all. mergers no. are prevented. That, yeah, it's anti-competitive know, it's, reasons yeah. is why they would prevent. Antitrust has nothing to do with people losing their jobs. Yeah, like unfortunately, this is, this is capitalism, and uh, most states are at-will states, meaning that they can just lay you off. They don't even need yeah. a reason. They don't have to give you a reason. You can but just come to work one day. I assume you're. Like, getting, we don't want you here anymore. But I assume you're getting into the uh, the physical release section. The physical release section? A lot of the people that were let go were basically from the people that, from the, the, the department that basically makes the physical games. Manufacturing. Yeah. That, that I actually did not know that. That watchdogs, all that. Like, like the, the, I don't remember exact numbers, but it was basically like the number of people let go from that section of the, of the workflow mm-hmm. implies that Microsoft might be pulling back on physical copies of things. Uh, so anyway, we're going to talk about the game here in a little bit, but I'll just be honest with you, Matt, I was trying to find physical copy of like a Dragon Infinite Wealth 
and there was none in Los Angeles. None. I didn't think they were making any. Food. They are. They did they make are? them. And there was none. I went wow. to three different Best Buys. This is all on Friday night. I went to three different Best Buys. I went to two different Targets. And that was it. Hmm. Yeah. I went to five stores. <laughs> There's actually not many stores that carry games anymore. There aren't that many. Um, and all the game yeah. stores had closed. I went, dude, they didn't have it at GameStop at the mall. GameStop never gets anything anymore. I couldn't believe it. I went to I went to get Midnight Suns like the like four days after it came out to give people for for Christmas. No, I had to go to the one down like on Western. Like yeah, it was. They're like, oh, they're, no, they didn't have any copies of it. They it told me gone. they're like, well, when does this come out? I'm like, it came out today. And they're like, well, they look in their computers like, oh, copies are coming in on the 31st. I'm like, what? I could not find a physical copy of the game. I just ended up buying. Because it's not version. worth paying for the extra shipping speed. Yeah. Because no one buys physical games in stores anymore. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. The other game that's happening too, by the way, is um, uh, another another code. Oh, really? That, that recollection. Yes, yeah, that thing. The physical copies that they, they underproduced it hugely, and they they did they they came back on Amazon for a day or so, but they were gone from Amazon in like an hour. Wow. So if you can find a copy of the another a physical copy of the another code recollection, pick it up because that thing's going to be and worth don't something. open it. Yeah, don't open. Yeah, it's going to be worth something. Yeah. You know, it's going to be one of those collector's things when people are trying to build a complete Switch collection like 10 years from now. Find. You're going to be they're going to be charging 300 bucks for you're that. You're probably thing. right. That's a good point. That's your that's your financial tip yeah. for the day. So anyway, Xbox laid off 1900 employees and we're not scoffing at it or saying it's not a big deal, but it no. is just how business works unfortunately because what happens is y'all got to unionize. That's part Developers of it. Developers got to unionize. But unions can't stop layoffs. They can't stop this, but they could make they could they could help make things also they make it, it better. They make it better also Almost no one in a union got laid off in this. Really? And earlier they were saying no one from a union. But then later there were some people. Who were, I can't remember the union name. GWA, I think it was. Um, Game Workers. Game Alliance Workers Association or, or Alliance Association, or something. Yeah. yeah. They were claiming no GWA members got laid off in the Microsoft layoff. And then a couple people who were part of it claimed that they were laid they off. They were laid off. Um, so there's there's some dispute on that. I mean, look, but if you have the vast union, majority were not union. If you have union, if you have a mixed staff. Union and non-union, you're going to err towards laying off yeah. the people who aren't union because you don't want to deal with you the hassle. Deal with the union. Yeah. Like eventually, the union's going to fold. You're going to be able to lay the people off anyway, but you're going to have to go through negotiations and process with the union, and it's just easier to just lay off the people who aren't in the union. Mm -hmm. I can totally see that happening. Yep. Um, but again, what happens when you merge these companies is that like your company has an HR department. This company that just bought you already has an HR department as well. They're gonna get rid of your HR department. They're gonna get rid of your marketing department. They're gonna get rid of your maintenance workers. Mm -hmm. All those redundant jobs, they're gonna get wiped away. And nine times out of 10, they don't keep the person who's coming with the new company. No matter how much of a rock star they are, they keep mm -hmm. their people. So unfortunately, you know, we knew this was coming. I'll be, I'll be honest, 1900 seemed, I didn't expect that many. Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be like a thousand max. So I was a little shocked to see that it was almost double what I thought it was going to be. I mean, it is a big company. It is. But not surprised that it happened at all. Unfortunately, this is just capitalism, people. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it. It just is. It's the way it works. And yeah. again, with we, very little mitigation. Yeah. And it. you have, as workers have like no rights unless you're in a union, you're an at will employee, meaning that again, you can come to work. They could tell you to go home forever and they don't have to tell you why. Nope. They don't have to give you or even give you a reason. They're just like, get out. We don't want you here anymore. And that's it. So unfortunately, one of the downsides of capitalism is stuff like this. Um, I would say, like, I hope that people land on their feet. But Matt, there's no jobs for all these people to land on their nope. feet. 
Well, there's not there's definitely not six thousand jobs out there. For I just wonder what's going to happen to these people. Are they going to start working just in regular software development? A lot and... of developers do that. Yeah, I know several people. Some of them from Ubisoft when they couldn't take it anymore uh, at the Ubisoft places they were at, and they quit and they couldn't find another game dev job in Montreal or, or Toronto. So they just started working in databases. Yeah. They started doing programming for you know banking software or whatever. And the truth and then is, when, and they'll then make eventually, more money. Well, they did make more money, <laughs> and it was. And, but I mean, they were bored. But like eventually, yeah. and eventually, like someone would come along. Like one of their previous coworkers would come along. They have either they'd started a, I need a developer, and they're they you know hey I want you to come work, and then they go do that. Yeah. So basically, yeah, they go down to the programming of you know boring software for a while because you can do either. But like obviously, their passion is video games. And they want to do that. They wouldn't be putting up with all this bullshit if they weren't yeah. like mm -hmm. so a lot that's kind of what happened it's sort of like going back down to the minor leagues yeah well but again in most cases you make more money working yeah. in the other sectors of their of their industry or if not then you know it's not going away yes that's yeah. the big thing it's, the, you're, it's made stable reliable yeah. you don't have a project and when it ends every three years you're like probably gonna get mm -hmm. laid off although to be fair a lot of people probably thought the same about working at activision or microsoft that's true so, yeah i mean you talk about things that aren't going to fail. Yeah. Um, and it's not that they did fail. And again, if the merger, ha I mean, the merger like that happens and you're in one of those, I mean, there's clearly tons of people did get taken by surprise. Mm -hmm. like, a lot, I think a lot of the stuff on Microsoft side was not expected. Yeah. But like, if, yeah, if you're in like HR or whatever, in Activision, you're like, you, the instant that conversation starts happening, you, you should start, start sending, sending your resumes out. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, uh, we, as always, and I know how it feels like we were, that was what happened to, yeah. to G4. You know, I mean, get, I was here, I was in San Francisco and the dot-com bubble popped. Yeah. I had moved all the way up to San Francisco. We, I mean, we, but, you know, I, I went through it twice. We went through tech TV being bought by Comcast. Right. And then when Comcast and NBC Universal merged, G4 didn't survive it. Yeah. That dot-com bubble pop in San Francisco. That is one of those moments in time that it sucked because I was a part of it, but I'm also very shocked that i was there to see it mm -hmm. like just being in san francisco in 2000 like i don't think there'll ever be a time like that again anywhere yeah, that was remarkable where there was just billions of dollars flooding that city for the dumbest ideas ever mm -hmm. and it was just a party are Everywhere you saying pets.com was a bad idea <laughs> that was actually one of the good ones <laughs> but not there weren't there were not enough pets.com survive like yeah. it, it was amazing it was, yeah. a, it was a crazy time it really was um but again, you know, they laid My off friend, CNET. They laid I, off half of the freaking yeah. staff. Well, I had a bunch of friends who were in tech and all like all that stuff. One of my friends was in tech. He, he got a job as a it was a company that invented thumbprint scanner. Like anything you use a thumb like a fingerprint scanner for security, he helped invent that. Like he was uh, like, right out of college, right when we forgot wow. college. And he was there for like twenty years, and they laid him off like six years ago. Wow. And I'm like, he'd been sales for them forever. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know what I don't know how to apply for a job anymore. Like they had, they changed that since I last yeah. did it. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, but I remember at the time, every, all my friends read. They were all MS, MS, MSSC is certified, and they were all like, um, uh, uh, you know, they were working in tech things and consulting things and network databases and da 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 da. da. Mm -hmm. And I was, of course, you know, working in retail. And suddenly, into all that, as I would go see them and hang out with them and go to parties and stuff, you'd see like they're showing up some of them are showing up in less fancy like suit jackets and stuff <laughs> and you know, you're starting to see the effect of things yeah. and then like in two, late 2000 i got the job at tech tv and they're like how did you get a job in tech in two, yeah. this year <laughs> like, no one's hiring like we've yeah. been kind of making fun of you for like you know working like menial jobs forever and yeah. uh, now i'm like well i didn't want that until i got it and i got it and it's, yeah. i'm like also it's not a tech job it's a tv job yeah yeah that's and a, believe me difference. 
there's there was there was money in covering the collapse of the dot com. Like tech TV, <laughs> tech, tech TV, TV kind of blew up, it did. You know, because yeah. Paul Allen bought them, and all of a sudden that was like your story. That was some of the best tech reporting oh, yeah. in the world. At oh, the it time. was. I mean, it was an entire technology TV station. Nine hours of live TV, <laughs> all about technology. <laughs> it's really crazy. Over and over and over and over. I heard that over and over again. Every yeah. single every single digital camera you can think of. Over. It's seen that it was. Um, there wasn't even any discussions. Like it was just mm-hmm. last in, you're out. Yeah. So they just basically, what were the last? We need to cut fifty percent. Who were the last fifty percent of people who were hired? They're out. And it was just an assembly line of people getting laid off inside CNET. Just literally a line of like eight hundred people standing with their laptops and all the stuff that CNET had given them to turn in, sign their mm-hmm. paperwork, and leave. Nobody talked to you. Nobody said, "Gee, y'all shucks, you did a great job. Sorry, we had to lay you off." They're just like, "Y'all are gone, and mm-hmm. take all your stuff that we gave you and give it back to us." And that was it. That's all there was to mm-hmm. it. Faradol says it's weird that I remember pets.com existed, but not what it did. It was literally a pet supply delivery company. Yeah. You would order something pet related and they delivered. It was literally Chewy.com. Yeah. It's like way, there's, way there's like five time. pets.coms right now. But at the time, no one understood why you'd want to do that. There's so many things that are way ahead of their time. See, and they didn't have a financial model to deal with the cost of transporting it from here to there. Right. That the was delivery the parts. Yeah. So anyway, um, as always, best of luck to those affected. I do feel like for a lot of the people who lost their jobs, they're going to struggle to find jobs in games again. They just are. There aren't the jobs out there right now. So hopefully people start staffing up and some of these people get hired again. And if not, they find something else that they will enjoy doing. Um, it wouldn't be a housekeeping for the last 12 months if we didn't talk about Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League and after next week, it will be the last time we probably talk about uh, it until Su- it Suicide folds. Squad killed this game already. <laughs> Pretty much. But again, they've managed to make news for another week. And not for... Is it, in- yeah, is it going to help them in the sales? Probably not. not. So probably Although they've managed to keep reviews down. so No reviews yet. Yeah, because they didn't send anybody codes. Yeah. yeah. IGN's not getting one at all. Why? Because of that preview where they said we don't like it. Oh, like there's pe- every, everyone is getting their codes late, but I, they, they were IGN says they were told you're not getting codes at all. You can't do that. But you dude, Warner Brothers not building confidence. Warner crazy, Brothers, yeah, Warner Brothers do that. The crazy part about Warner Brothers is their head of PR is awesome, but she is a bulldog, and like it's so weird. You talk to her, she's like the nicest person you ever talked to, but she's cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Like she is one of the few they. I don't want to single her out because she is representing a company. Warner Brothers is one of the few publishers that have ne- is never willing to send us review code ever. Even after I had put their games on television for 12 straight years, mm-hmm. as soon as I left to do something on my own, they were like, nope, sorry. I even ran into them at Pactor's party and tried to talk to them. And I was like, look, like, do you remember all this stuff that I did for you guys? They're like, yeah, but like, that's not how this, this industry works, Shane. They're like, what can you do for us now? It's not how Warner Brothers works. Right. And I said to her, I'm like, well, I'm just going to tell you. You could bring me into the meetings when you're making your DC movies. I would have made you an extra $100 million by not hiring Zack Snyder. How about that? Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to go too far on that. But anyway. That's um, obviously not their purview, Warner Brothers right? is hard to work Warner, with. Warner Brothers at. has a lot of bad decisions coming from very high up on the way down. And that applies to all their departments. It's true. Yep. So, you know, who knows? 
So anyway, back to Suicide Squad, the game. This week, if you had paid an extra, was it 30 bucks like everyone else? Something like that. It was $100 for the... So if you pay the extra $30, you get to play the game three days early, but... Except! Unless <laughs> it's a game being published by Warner Brothers. <laughs> there was a bug in the beta or the early access that finished the game mm. automatically. It literally, you started the game and it just finished on its own. <laughs> amazing it really is it's almost like somebody on the inside was like engineering it or something it's really bizarre um but anyway so the early access period that people would pay a bunch of money for is it working now like finally today i think it started working or yesterday it was, i think it, for the consoles i think it went up late yesterday yeah, yeah. so it is fine i got it on pc and that doesn't go live it didn't go live until 10 this morning and i didn't have time to play it so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a shame that this is Rocksteady that's been dragged into this debacle, but... Well, they made it. They did make it, but <laughs> I do wonder how much influence there was from outside sources on I this. I don't know, like... I hope there was a lot. Because <laughs> I want to give Rocksteady the benefit like, I mean, of the I, doubt. It just doesn't... Like, imagine being shown this game in, like, 2015 and being told this is Rocksteady's next game. Yeah. And other than the license, you're kind of like, What? Well, back in 2015, people might be like, that looks cool. But now that we've played so many games well, visually, as a service. Sure, yeah. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. There's little things where it's like, like there was a cutscene I saw of a pivotal moment where uh, Harley Harley shoots her, her revolver. Mm -hmm. And there, she shoots her revolver twice in a big, big scene. And there's you know, everything goes slow-mo and, and heightened and everything. Mm -hmm. And you hear the shell casings hitting the ground, hitting the ground twice. It's a revolver. <laughs> Revolvers do not eject shell casings. <laughs> what are you doing? What are like, they doing? Why Again, the Duck Consulting Agency. And then on top of it all, they announced the first DLC character for the game. And that is Joker, mm -hmm. who is dead. Well, he's an Elseworlds Joker. Right. <laughs> More, I mean, the big, and, uh, the big question continually is... Why is this set in the Arkhamverse? Well, I don't know. Why did they, you know, and the, uh, the big, of course, the big thing the last day or so has been people complaining about how this is Kevin Conroy's last performance as Batman, right. and the scene with Batman is kind of awful. Um, and like, I don't really, I mean, it's not like they. <laughs> Danny T. Monahan says, easiest speedrun ever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be a hard one to beat. Um, but the uh, but it's like it's like you know obviously they did not record Kevin Conroy's lines knowing this was the last time he was ever gonna play Batman. That's not a that's not a useful criticism yeah, of the game. Yeah. The thing is, why is this how you send that version of Batman off? Like why is, you go through all this stuff in four, five games? Really, if, you, if you count Blackgate, you go through all this stuff with this version of Batman, this character. And this is how that character winds up. Like this is how you wanted to close that, close that down. And I know there's things that happen near the end that sort of mitigate some stuff. But the, if you're already going to use an Elseworlds Joker to avoid bringing Joker back, how many characters are you bring? They're bringing back to life here. And then they have to like retcon the thing where like the the other version of Deadshot was an imposter and this guy was in jail the whole time. <laughs> but but Deadshot, like if you count Origins, Deadshot has the the, uh, the imposter Deadshot has been being Deadshot for like 20 years. Like like. At the very least, they're just Deadshot 1 and 2, right? Like, and so yeah. it's like, why not just set this in another universe where you don't have to worry about that? Also, how does this Harley equate to the one that was in the Arkham I don't games, know. who is basically a moron? I know, like, I don't It know. doesn't work. It really doesn't. It makes no sense. Um, but I will say this, Matt. I have a morbid curiosity for this game. I actually can't wait to play it. Well... <laughs> Just to see, like, what it ultimately is after all the talk. After how many times we've talked about it here on Game Face. I like, it's just Borderlands with 
with the DC license. Yeah, it does seem that way. But uh, we'll be talking about this on next week's episode. AJ the Legend asks, uh, did you see the commercial for the game yet? It's actually pretty funny. Mm. There's a line in it where one person goes dibs on Batman. All right. But mm-hmm. do you even get you don't get to play as Batman, do you? No. You're fighting Batman. Yeah. He means dibs on Batman means like one of the you, one of the Suicide Squad people says that to oh, kill because they get dibs on killing him. I thought it was like a human player playing the game saying I got no, dibs on Batman. The, I think it's uh it's either Harley, Harley, or Harley or Boomerang says Gotcha. Dibs I haven't on seen the commercial. So uh, the only thing I saw with Boomerang is that apparently after after they kill Flash he pisses on his corpse. Oh. Because that's how edgy we are in this game. <laughs> That's definitely edgy. And it's like, there's other people like trying to defend this thing by saying, it's like, whoa, whoa, how shocked everyone is that you kill the Justice League in a game called Kill the Justice League. It's like, <laughs> there's there's something to be said for execution, kids. Yeah. Like, you can do this concept and not be embarrassing yeah. while you're doing it. And this a lot of this is just embarrassing. Well, not much longer Which is weird because I was thinking early on, I'm like, well, even if I don't like the game, the story will probably be pretty, pretty good because the DC games generally have a pretty solid story that they bring in, like, people from the animation team mm-hmm. and stuff. This just looks, like, thoroughly unpleasant to me. Like, the, the clips I've seen. Um, King Shark is funny. King, like, the King Shark, there was, was one thing with them, like, where they're being transported in, strapped to gurneys or whatever, and... Uh, for some reason, Deadshot says Deadshot says Captain Boomerang, you kangaroo, kangaroo face, ass looking face, <laughs> and King Shark goes, "Because you're from Australia." And I'm like, "Okay, that's fine. all right. Like, that's yeah, pretty that's good." Funny. Like, all right, but I hope there's more of that. It's just it's so weird. And like this, you've never seen the Justice League before, and yeah. apparently this is their first mission in this universe, yeah. and they fucked it up this badly. Like, <laughs> it's so it's a, such an odd choice to make this game and take eight years to make. There's a point where that's you could, a real the point where you could say like if you could have gotten this out in like 2017, even 2018, when the Suicide Squad like or when games as a service still, were just like right. starting to like but ignite. I mean, but yeah. I'm talking more. I don't care about the games as a service thing. I mean, like that's been happening for for as long as whatever and it's going to continue happening until people learn their fucking lesson on it mm. i'm saying that suicide squad is an irrelevant fucking license right now it is yeah. it, nobody gives a shit yeah. about anyone in this except harley yeah and that's only because of suicide squad from 2016 that movie was eight years ago that's hard to believe actually it's been eight years they've been working on this game Jeez. almost since that <laughs> movie long, came you're out right. yeah and it's like if you could get this out in 2017 2018 when everybody was dressing as harley quinn for for halloween and shit like it would have felt more like you were striking while the, the anvil was hot, iron's yeah. hot, right? This just feels like wh- who's still doing. I mean, there've been two Suicide Squad movies since, like, yeah. And like, it's not like I dislike the James Gunn one, but it's like it just feels like that was a past era. It feels like that's not the time for it. Yep. Um, and it certainly feels like why do I want to use a minigun when I'm a giant shark? I hope I can just bite people's heads off because that's what I'm going to do. It looks like a finishing thing or something, yeah. maybe, but it, most of the gameplay is shooting. Things. Yeah, I know a shark with a gun. Yep. Well, we did get some uh, news this week, moving on, uh, from CD Projekt Red. And at first, the news was that CD Projekt Red is considering multiplayer for the sequel to Cyberpunk 2077, which I was like, why? Do we, do, do we try that before and we cancel it? Yeah, I'm just like, why? But then, really, the big news that came out of it was that CD Projekt Red also shared that The Witcher 4, which is not going to be called The Witcher 4, it doesn't sound yeah. like, but the next Witcher game is going into full production here in like the next month with 400 people. Is that enough, Matt, to make the next Witcher? 400 people? I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, that's about it. That's a Ubisoft team. Yeah, it's a Naughty Dog team generally yeah. when it's all said and done. Give, um, give them three, four years and yeah, there you go. You think? I bet you it takes longer than that. 
It might. Although full production, maybe not. Full they've pro- already done all the pre-production. Full production means you're just staffing full up to just start churning Building. it out. So yeah. I would say it's three years out. Yeah, you may be right, actually. That sounds about right. So 2027, maybe the end of 2027? I'm going to guess this is a a tail end of the generation, maybe even early launch. Of the next know, one? You know, hybrid. Yeah. PS5, PS6. Mm-hmm. Um, still a lot of mystery around the game. Other, All we know so far is that like, Geralt is not going to be... The Geralt, main character? Geralt will not be the playable char- player character, no. But he's the the voice actor still working on it or something? Yeah, so he's still I mean, involved he'll be in, in some it. way. I'm yeah. sure he'll be in it. Um, now, how weird to just rub elbows with him and not play as him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, the, the universe is bigger than that. Yeah, so, it, it, it definitely is. I mean, people, the show is... And the one thing, I mean, people love Geralt. I mean, obviously, these are, these are, the trilogy is about him. Everybody loves Geralt. Um, but if there's one thing I see requested as sort of beyond beyond the scope of what these games did is that people want to make their own Witcher. Yeah. And you make people make their own Witcher, cool. Like yeah. That's really the last thing left to do here. Yeah. Um, and pro- I mean, I imagine they're going to do a Bioware style. You make your own Witcher and it's just going to, that Witcher will just slot into whatever the character is, you know, kind of like Shepard style. Mm-hmm. That would be how I'd approach it anyway. And I'm sure you'll run into Geralt and a bunch of the people that are in this thing, you know. Netflix is going to be pissed off. Netflix does <laughs> Like, how can we make a, another season of the, on the show if the game is, like, create your own character? Uh, well, Netflix, that show will be long gone. It will, then, yeah. So. I was just making a joke. A bad one, but a joke. And remember, the Netflix thing is uh, a book license, not the game. Oh, right. That's right. Makes, which makes two a big separate difference. things. Yep, it makes a big difference for sure. It's so, interesting to me that that like it's interesting to see when the book license hits and when the the game because the game stuff the rights of the game stuff is different and all the stuff all the board games use the video game license mm-hmm. and all the other stuff Use uses the books. The books. Interesting. Well, I'll say this: it's good, it's good that we now know that CD Projekt Red is going to be able to develop two games at once. Yeah. Um, because before now, that hasn't been the case. So, yeah, this is a big expansion for them. Yeah, I mean, the studio is is definitely like building up and building mm-hmm. out to be able to work on multiple games at once. So, you know, we get this in 2027. I don't think Cyberpunk Orion or whatever the hell it's called is going to be all that far behind. Um, no, I think the I think they might end up being like a year or two apart. Yeah, at most, which is good. We we want more output from CD Projekt Red. Yeah, although it'd be also be good if they could stagger it so we're getting a CD Projekt Red game like every two years. That would be perfect. Maybe that's the plan. Maybe I don't know. But um, I would I would guess maybe uh, The Witcher might take less time than Cyberpunk, just in the sense that The Witcher is again kind of a solved equation. Mm-hmm. Like you know what The Witcher you're making The Witcher three again. Well, there's definitely not going to be multiplayer in The Witcher four. No, <laughs> I would hope not, but. They've talked about it. They have. Um, and I, at most, I would say that should be like two-player co-op. Yeah. I don't have any interest. Instead in of doing that, something yeah. like they did with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, like, I, I can understand why Cyberpunk sort of tempts you into doing some kind of competitive multiplayer thing. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't... All the gadgets and everything. It's, there's an element that's just like, you know what, guys? You're doing just fine without yeah. that. Why not just focus on your strength? Yeah. You know, I would I'd much rather them do that. It's sort of like Naughty Dog. It's like... You clearly don't need multiplayer to bring people in to sell 10, 20 million copies of this thing. Yeah. So why risk, uh, why get on that high wire? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yep. I hear you. So anyway, CD Projekt Red kicking things into full gear to bring us more video games that we can't wait to play. And then finally, our last topic for today's housekeeping is something that I've been hoping for for a really long time. It is finally coming to fruition. I have no idea why it took so long, but finally... The platform holders are taking on cheating in Call of Duty. Hmm. I've talked about cheating in Call of Duty several times here on Game Face. 
as someone who plays Call of Duty multiplayer, it drives me bonkers. I have people that will like message me and they'll be like, I play all the time. I don't see any cheat. You don't know what you're looking for if you're not seeing any cheating in the game. Obviously, it's a problem if the console manufacturers are trying to stop it. I like it when you see people post clips of like, how did I miss that guy? And it's clearly like their aimbot didn't work right. Yeah. And because they're tracking somebody through a wall right. and suddenly it just misses their them. Their wall hack. And it's like, you are so flipped around in your head that you're you're literally posting a video mad that your cheat bot didn't work. Yeah. I mean, if you if you want to know how you catch cheaters while you're playing, watch the kill cams. If all of a sudden the player in the kill cam spins around and starts sprinting in your direction and shoots you and there's no radar and he doesn't have a heartbeat sensor, he's cheating. He's using wall hacks to see through the walls and he can see you coming even though you're separated by like 10 walls. If you find somebody who has their aim like off in the sky and all of a sudden it snaps to your head and shoots you in the head, they're using an aim bot. It's not that hard to spot, it's obvious. Now, when I say it's prevalent, when I say prevalent, I mean I catch, if I play for an hour, I'll catch maybe one person cheating. So that's how prevalent it is. It's not like every match, everybody that's playing is cheating. But if you know what to look for, Although on PC, it's it is a almost everybody. More, yeah, yeah. And, that, and I have turned off cross-platform play in this mm -hmm. game to get away from the PC players. So anyway, what's happened is PlayStation is basically disabling the technology that these devices are using. Basically, it's this device called the Cronus Zen. It's a little dongle that plugs into your USB port and goes between the controller and the console. Mm -hmm. And basically, it gives you wall hacks, it gives you aimbots, it gives you everything you need to cheat. People, I love the idea that people spend money to do this. Yeah. Like you bought a device specifically well, to I, cheat in Call of Duty. I talked to one of my nephews over the holidays, and he's a huge Fortnite player. And he was talking about aimbots. Mm. He's nine years old. And I'm like, why are you cheating? And he's like, because I want to win, and, I'm, and I want to be good. And I'm like, but you're not good. Yeah, it's not being good. It's not good. I'm like... If you, I'm like, if you have aspirations to someday actually be like into esports or whatever, you're a fraud. You're gonna get exposed. He couldn't even compute it. He's just like, mm -hmm. but when I go to school the next day, everybody's like, you killed me 15 times. Like that's all he cares about. And do you tell them that you cheated? He doesn't do tell them. No. Not, well, then he knows somewhere in there, doesn't he? Right. So in, anyway, like even nine-year-olds are using mm -hmm. aimbots and wall hacks in in for in shooters online so it's a huge problem this always had to come from playstation there's only so much you can do with the code in the game to stop devices right. from cheating the cheating dongle yeah it has to be stopped at the hardware at the level. hardware level and finally playstation has done mm -hmm. it i hope to god xbox does it as well cheating dongle is also the name of my new thrash band <laughs> it's not a bad it's not a bad name at all um, so anyway, uh, I can't say I don't. I don't think they've actually instituted it yet, and they, it's in a firmware update, and like it's, it won't be mandatory for like another month and a half. And when that happens, hopefully we can see a change inside the game. Hopefully, you know this technology works for all the other shooters on PlayStation Five as well, so people can't use dongles and cheats and hacks for that either. But thank you, PlayStation, for finally somebody taking control of this situation. Um, it is really annoying if you're into mm -hmm. playing Call of Duty multiplayer. So I'm glad to see the PlayStation stepped up to be the one to finally solve this problem, hopefully permanently. But they talked to the dudes at Chrono Zen, and they're like. It may take us 24 hours, it may take us 48 hours, it may take us 48 months, but we're going to figure it out and we're going to work around it and figure out how to make, make it work again. It's just like, God, just Money to stop. be made. Right. If people didn't buy it, they wouldn't make it.
That's the problem. There's a market for it. So anyway, I will say for the millionth time, if you're someone who's using cheats and games, why? It's doing you no good. Like I get my nephew's excuse on some angle where he's like, oh, I was playing Fortnite with my buddies last night and now I get to go to school tomorrow and they could all say, oh, you kicked my ass. Like at least that makes sense. But if you're just like an adult who doesn't go to like school every day to brag to his friend, like why? It's just crazy. I mean, part of it's imagining pissing someone off like that. Maybe. I Seeing guess. me yeah. angry. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's what I wanted. It yeah. goes back to what I was saying to start this show. Like, just the overall just malaise of the general population anymore. Mm. Negative, make somebody angry, I get schadenfreude from you. It's just awful. So, anyway, kudos to PlayStation for taking that big step. I hope Xbox follows suit. And I hope, most importantly, that as these cheat devices start figuring out ways to work around it, that the hardware manufacturers keep on it and they keep making sure that they can't circumvent the firmware that they've installed on everyone's console. So... Be interesting to see. I'm just glad that finally somebody is doing something about it as a big Call of Duty player. Um, Hail to Starscream says, Cronus will absolutely circumvent this. They just use the dual sense as a bridge to the console. It's pretty much impossible to block that. Well, they did, so it's not impossible. Well, he mean, I think he means block it permanently. Like, like eventually just, they'll figure out a way around it again. Yeah, you yeah. just change the way it communicates. and I mean, and then Sony can you know change that it's just to be an arms race i think the idea though is that you make it so it it works it doesn't work it works it doesn't work mm -hmm. it works so that people don't want to buy it right because they're like what well, if they I, do solve it permanently right well i think what will happen is they'll that chronos will make a make start making versions that can be firmware updated maybe yeah a dongle stick a, you plug a, it in your pc stick a mini a mini SD, sd card slot in it and you just upgrade the firmware right. and it, I, I think that's your next move there yeah yeah um, JM Rain says, I don't hate cheats in single player games. I love the, I love the power fantasy. Me either. I yeah. have no problem with Whatever cheats, man. Want. Like, dude, you want to play with all unlimited ammo, all rocket launch? I don't care. You're playing single player. It's when you're playing against me online that I have the problem. And to hell to Starscream's point, yeah, they'll circumvent it. And then I hope PlayStation uh, borks it again. Mm -hmm. And they end up in this loop where people stop buying it. And Cronus eventually is like, this isn't worth it anymore. And it goes away. That's best case scenario. But we'll see. So anyway, just very happy that at least one of the console manufacturers cares enough to try to make something, make a difference at least for a little bit. We'll see how it goes. Um, and with that, we're ready to get into the bulk of Game Face episode 374. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter, Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass, and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com slash sifted. That's creamls.com slash sifted. Valentine's Day is coming up quick, people. And if you'd like to mix up some drinks for your significant other for Valentine's Day, LS Cream is a great option for people who aren't big drinkers. Because as I've mentioned in the last couple of weeks, if you mix it in with like hot chocolate or a warm drink, you hardly even taste that there's any liquor in there. So to me, LS Cream is also a great liqueur for people who aren't huge drinkers because 
it's kind of sweet. It kind of masks very easy and sweet drinks. And so for Valentine's Day, your significant other maybe wants to get loose and normally they don't. I think LS Cream is an excellent option there. Again, go to creamls.com sifted. There are drink recipes there where you can learn how to make some of the crazy drinks that you just saw in the ad. And imagine if before your date, you pick up your date or you go over there and you make these awesome drinks just to get the night started for Valentine's Day. Winner, winner. So again, go to creamls.com slash sifted. Try to use that URL if you can. There's a store locator there. As I said, awesome drink recipes to make an awesome drink that will impress your significant other. Head over there, get yourself a bottle. You can find it online there, or there's a store locator. Just plug in your zip code. It'll tell you where you can go locally to get it. If you're in a bind, if it's February 13th, you don't have time to wait for shipping. Head to creamls.com slash sifted. Everything you need is there to get yourself a bottle of LS Cream. And with that, it's time to kick off the show proper. We got two big games to discuss in today's show. And I'll be honest, Matt, I struggled to figure out which one to put first. So mm-hmm. we have Tekken 8, and then we have Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. And Tekken 8's the answer, obviously. You can look at the sales in Europe for opening mm-hmm. weekend. It outsold the game by a bunch. But I do, I do think maybe that for our audience, it's Like a Dragon. I don't know. Like... Tekken has its audience. Yeah, I chose Tekken. Um, and I think I didn't know which one I was going to choose. And then I saw the sales. And Tekken, by the way, Matt, sold double mm-hmm. what Street Fighter Six did in its opening th- few days in the mm-hmm. UK or whatever. Well, to be fair, uh, Tekken 7 was very well received and Street Fighter Five was not. Yeah, that's a good point. So I think word of mouth had to spread for Six a little bit more than... I mean, Tekken 8 was about as sure bet as you get mm-hmm. in, in fighting games. Yeah. Like, it's, coming off of, it's coming off the back of a streak, basically. Like, six was good, Seven was great, and Eight was and eight was just around being like, yeah, we got it. We're yeah. good. Like, come on. So there was no doubts. Like, Street Fighter Six, I think people needed to be reassured, waiting for reviews, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, also, Tekken and Tekken seems to have figured out a similar thing from as Mortal Kombat about how to appeal to people who want the flash and the offline content. Well, so. the one thing I say about Tekken as a franchise in general is it's one of those franchises where if you don't play a lot of fighting games, mm-hmm. you can button mash and do cool shit. Yeah, well, as long as you're up against someone else who is He's also doing the same thing. Yeah, doing the right. Same if you're playing against but somebody ton- who knows what they're doing. But there's tons of people that just, you know, I know people who have never touched a fighting game seriously who played you know, played Tekken back in the day and don't play. It's one of the big, you know, if there's a 3D fighter that's like the casual 3D fighter, it's Tekken. It's Tekken. No, but it's PlayStation also- 1. Everybody I knew that had a PlayStation 1 had Tekken. Yeah, but it's also the fighting game that like you know the 3d fighter that you can play super intricately so yeah. it serves both audiences to some degree yeah um i will say this i didn't really realize it until i started looking at at, at my collection i actually do not have tekken one through five really at all like i i don't like tekken tekken is not of, of all the major fighting games tekken's the one that i always left me kind of cold well i'm glad you brought that up before we get into the discussion because it'll frame things a little bit for people now i am kind of ambivalent to Tekken like mm. I've liked it at times I've not liked it at times I do think it's a good party game fighter because if you just put it mm. on your TV at a party people can pick up the controller and they just start mashing it and crazy stuff happens and if yeah. you have a whole party of casual people who don't know how to play Tekken they love it because yeah. they're both doing crazy stuff the fights go back and forth it's when you start playing against people who are good at this game where mm-hmm. things change. But let's let's talk about There this. are very few fighting games with a more sharp divide between knows what they're doing and casual player. Yeah, this um, one for sure. 
Like there are there are a lot of fighting games. Even when I know exactly what I'm doing, I'm very good at that. There are there are times when I've almost lost or lost a round or so to someone who was just sort of trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen in Tekken. Yeah. If you know how to play Tekken, you will never lose to someone yeah, who doesn't know how to play. You Tekken. will destroy people who are not it's as good. Simply, as you. it simply doesn't happen. <laughs> Tekken is Tekken is um, one of the most experienced and skill based fighters in in the in the genre yeah like it does not know and my problem with it now is that i never liked it very much back in the day i felt, felt i found it stiff and sort of overly aggressive or overly aggressive and and kind of one note in that regard mm-hmm. and especially in comparison to virtual fighter mm-hmm. which is my preferred poison whoops virtual fighter doesn't really exist anymore <laughs> um me too that's my favorite 3d fighter but um and now playing tekken 8 it's just like it's uh, i i am you know i am short like 30 years of experience on the because it's like if you don't i don't i know who half the characters are maybe i don't know what they do mm-hmm. i don't you know and you have to know everything you have to know the matchups you have to know the to, to play online effectively in any way, you have to know the matchups. You have to know what each character can do, what they what their combos might be, what they might open with, who has you know what what the ten frame you know <laughs> what what the ten frame jab can can counter, yeah. what the fifteen frame jab hit can count. Like you need to that's one of the first things you memorize on a character in Tekken is your ten frame jabs and your fifteen frame counterattacks and what you can do equal same frame uh, I think eleven frame and fourteen frame low attacks because those are what your bread and butter for counter. But then you have have to know the plus frames or the negative frames on each other character and when you block their stuff it's There's one of the most 33 techni- characters one of the most already in Tekken. games in in the world yeah like and Learning now for and even more characters. in Tekken 8 Tekken 8 is one of the most technically impressive fighting games I have ever seen no oh, yeah it is it Let's is start rolling in the b-roll so, here actually and I don't just mean visual I mean visually it's great sure I mean that's obvious but the hitboxes are pristine on like a Dark Souls level. Like there's mm-hmm. been videos I've seen online of people like whiffing or missing or dodging things by with literally in-game inches and like multiple dot like it's phenomenal. Like yeah. like it calculates everything down to like the hair strand in places. It's it's it is a it is a technical achievement that like I feel like people outside of the fighting game kind of pro Tekken community maybe aren't recognizing fully or maybe they will later. But like, like I've never seen anything like this before in some of these close in, like when it zooms in and shows how these like little, little moves the interact with each yeah. other, like unbelievable. They, really they knocked this out of the park with this stuff. First game, first big fighting game launched on Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. And it, I mean, it if shows. Want, if you want to talk about the technical side of it, as far as graphics are concerned, this game's hot as crap as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easily technically the best looking fighting game I've ever played. For sure. Um, Unreal Engine 5 definitely paid off for this game. But let's talk about the single player stuff before we get into the nitty gritty of the actual combat. Um, as we said, 33 playable characters when you boot this game up. That's insane. Yeah, Having to memorize all this stuff Matt talked about for 33 characters is bonkers. Yeah, and playing against a character you don't know is you're at a big disadvantage. Oh, you have no chance. I don't, against an experienced player, you have no chance. Actually, and actually I'll say, if you want to know if like, it's an interesting strategic, I mean, the, the best way to pick your character in this in this game is to pick who you think looks cool. Yeah. And you want to stick with. But picking a newer character one of the new characters is an advantage early on because people haven't had a chance to memorize everything they yep. can do. Yeah. 
Um, all that said, all the new characters are very execution heavy, which makes them very hard to use for a new, a new player. Yeah. So as we said, there's 33 playable characters. Although Matt, I kind of found the the roster to be kind of boring. The ro- I mean, I've always found the Tekken roster kind of boring. Um, I can oh, name 10 half, people half off the top of, them of my are head. Just, half of them are just anime guys. Who, yeah. With big jackets. Yeah. Um, and big collars and yeah. big boots and whatever else. Uh, I mean, the, uh, to be fair, you can customize them to look like almost anything. Yeah. Like, the amount it's almost of, like this Victorian era, like, clothing set right. that they but, like, have. People, it's like, so weird. If you look online, like, people have modified them to look like almost any character you can think of in every other franchise. One guy just plays with one of these guys just made up to look almost exactly like Drake. <laughs> um, like real life people, like it's, it's uh, remarkable. Like there's a guy who uh, I think it's Leo, and he's got him dressed like uh, Ash from Pokemon, yeah. and it looks exactly like him. It, it's the the customization is is amazing. Well, Just this amazing. is a huge part of it. So you create, you can create there's your own fighter. Thing, yeah. That with all the crazy costume stuff, you unlock it as you play the game. But you also create this little chibi avatar of yourself. That is rep- that is your representation in a couple other single player modes in the game that are not the big campaign cinematic story driven stuff that you're about to see in the B-roll here. But Matt, I could very quickly name like 10 Tekken fighters off the top of my head that I'm like, where the hell are they? Ogre, Angel, Anna Williams, Gon Hihachi, like some of the big ones. Well, that- Hihachi's dead. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's all DLC. <laughs> I mean, there'll right. be DLC, but in the, the the initial release is sort of dealing with just who's in the story. Yeah. Um, I don't know where Anna is. That's, Anna always shows up later. Yeah. That, that's almost a tradition in Tekken. But she, um, I mean, I finished it. Right, but I mean, later. I mean, it's like DLC? DLC or an addition yeah. later or an unlockable. I mean, I'm guessing all these characters are coming as DLC. My point is that the launch roster was lacking, in my opinion. Launch roster leans a little too hard on the generic dude who looks like him. Like like him. All the, like, <laughs> he is like, a stereotypical character. Like they all game. just like big men in jackets punching things. Yeah. You know? And like, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I know these are beloved characters or whatever, but I don't, you know, to me, one of the things that when you start the, the, um, the, the campaign, cause there's three different major, uh, you know, single player story driven things. And yeah. it's the campaign, there's three single player campaigns. The campaign is like the full, you know, the story of what happens in the King of Iron Fist tournament, Eight, which is what we're seeing know. now. Yeah. Um, and then uh, then there's the individual character stories, which every single character in the game has their own little five-match-long mini-story. Mini yeah. Some of them are like elucidate stuff about what they were doing during the story. Some of them are just gags. Like, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's extra stuff to do if you like yeah. those you know, Characters that don't get highlighted in the main story get to have their own little thing. That's cool. Yeah. And then there's the arcade quest where you use that avatar it showed you making to basically become a pro Tekken tournament player in like the Japanese arcade scene, um, which is a cool little weird little, it's almost like, and it, and it I liked it more than this, Matt. Yeah. The tone, <laughs> the tone of that is almost like, it almost feels like a Yakuza spinoff in the sense that it's all text and everybody's kind of very dramatic and, yeah. and everything's like, you know, go, go fight win for the, the honor of Tekken and things like that. Um, so that is completely out of universe. Like it's literally a, a our world, like people play Tekken all the time and we're going to like have a big dramatic fight. Uh, and learn to be the best Tekken player. And that actually is, does a pretty good job of tutorializing you through how Tekken works if you've never played a, a Tekken game yep. or haven't played one in a long time. It teaches time. you, like, the deep stuff, too. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're all it's a meaty mode. Like, there's a lot to do. If you don't ever want to play this game online, and I can understand why you wouldn't, because it's it's rough out there. It is, dude. Um, the online play works very well, but it's people are out there to kill you. And um, 
I have to, and I have to say, there's, a, there's, they've learned from Mortal Kombat. Like, more, mm-hmm. there is, there is a Mortal Kombat level of offline single player content. This, this is what we're watching right now, which is the main campaign, mm-hmm. and it's basically identical to Mortal Kombat. There's yeah. like a cinematic, and then eventually the they'll posture, starts. and then it just seamlessly goes into yeah. the fight. Basically. And one thing I will say is that I really like that they do this better than Mortal Kombat. I think is when you finish a round, or like in the middle of the, when like an event happens in the middle of a round. They tr- seamlessly transition to like a cutscene where it sort of, you know, keeps fighting and things happen and someone says something and in the second round it starts. And like, mm-hmm. it's really, like you saw right there, like this is a seamless transition to after the round and they're going to, you know, taunt each other a little bit in a generic anime way. And uh, you got a little flashback. Yep. You got a little context. Because <laughs> uh, Jin did some bad stuff in Tekken 6, I think it was. I mean, the plot of this um, is that these two hate each other. Yeah. And so they're going to have an Iron Fist tournament. Pretty <laughs> that's much. pretty much the And Jin plot. is like, I mean. It's so dumb. I mean, that's, there's a whole thing, you know, if you follow that. I mean, I haven't followed it. I will say that when you start the campaign, they say, do you want to watch the review videos for each previous Tekken game? Yeah. And I did, because I'm like, well, I haven't, I, I did watch Brian Cox reviews the history of Tekken video they put up a couple weeks ago, which is bonkers. Like, I can't believe <laughs> I he did that. I don't know how you could even do that. Um, and he just, you can tell he doesn't understand what the hell he's reading a couple of them, but he <laughs> fucking does it. He, he, Brian Cox, he can get through that shit and he does it. Um, and it is more or less accurate. It just doesn't make any sense because none of this makes any sense. Because like, there's devils and he, they're they, he, Jin and Kazuya have devil blood in them and whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Jin sets up the tournament and then it becomes yeah. almost like the Avengers. Everyone starts getting right. in their fancy ships and they're all coming to be a part of the tournament. But it's- they ask, but they ask you to, to if you want to review them. And I, I did watch the videos that catch you up on them. One of the worst recap videos i've ever seen like it's just it it's not even like a recap of what happened in the games it's just like one of the characters usually heihachi or kazuya or Jin, sort of reflecting on what happened to them in that game and with like weird abstract watercolor black and white paintings of them and i can't tell who anybody is and i'm like i I mean everybody's got almost the same hair anyway so it's like i don't i I came out of that not knowing more than i already did it was very useless i mean to Um, be fair i I did not find this campaign to be as good as the the campaign in the latest mortal Kombat. it's i mean it's 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 way shorter for one it's only like four hours long yeah it's i mean it's just the plot's not a fighting tournament but but the actual structure of it is equal as far as like how it seamlessly transitions from fighting to cinematic and back and forth yeah this is the first fighting game campaign i would say that has finally learned the mortal Kombat yeah, lesson that template but yeah. mortal Kombat kind of you know mortal Kombat's drawing from um you know that classic sort of kung fu sci-fi action yeah. pulp yeah. trash movie aesthetic yeah. idea and tekken is just a combat anime show well, it's like thing. an anime like, jrpg yeah. cross of the fighting game well, it's, that, it's just you know it's just g gundam yeah it's just like it's a it's or pokemon it, where it's yeah. like you know it's like the whole point of the season is the fighting tournament and training to, to fight the fight in the tournament yeah. and who's going to win and get to this thing in the semifinal i mean that, that's the whole game and then yeah. everybody gets to be your rival and there's like one character who has a secret agenda and we don't know what it is but we have to find out what it is by fighting them and da, da, da. it's it, because you don't really know someone until you fight them because yeah. that's how life <laughs> works for some reason is it's that kind of thing and it's like it doesn't try to be more than that and tekken has never tried to be more than that and it's fine it's just done with the highest production values you've ever freaking seen yeah um and for someone who's already a fan of kind of the tekken thing i think that's plenty yeah well, i'm not i'm not slagging i'm just saying mortal kombat's is better um, i mean i would definitely rather play mortal kombat in the sense that the story's more interesting it's also way longer like mortal kombat's like 10 11 hours long it's yeah, campaign these this are is... very short and like the chapters like four i think it's 14 chapters and each chapter is literally one fight 
Yeah. Like, With and cinematics. some of the fights have, well, tons of cinematics, but like, you only fight one fight, and sometimes that fight lasts like, you know, three matches. Mm-hmm. But it's not like Mortal Kombat where you kind of like get three three bouts with a character and that's your chapter, which is a little more meaty. Um, it's I also really discovered you fight. can cheese the game. Mm-hmm. So I discovered on medium difficulty setting, the default difficulty setting, you can just keep jabbing and watch. Mm-hmm. You just, you can just beat them. Almost, probably 80% of the enemies, if I got tired of fighting them, I just keep jabbing them and beat them. Mm-hmm. Like they just, I don't know, they haven't... <laughs> They just haven't looked through the code enough. Like, no, I'm sure it's there because you know who wants to who wants to really put effort into doing this. <laughs> I guess. Um, but I'll find uh, stuff for. I mean, like p- people who are casual don't want to have to learn like complex combos to survive in a campaign mode. No, that's true. And like online, you know, online warriors don't want to waste too much of their playtime getting through this stupid story. So yeah, it's more just to see what happens. And yeah. so I can understand why. You know, you want to turn it up to hard. I'm sure it's much more difficult. I'm sure. Like, yeah. There are 16 different stages in the game, but again, I found a lot of them to be boring, but a couple of them, the stages do matter because they have breakaway sections. Yeah, you can where break through. through you can break things. through and end up down in new sections of the level. I haven't enjoyed that in a fighting game for a while, it feels like. I so, mean, Dead or Alive was the only thing that did that, really. For yeah, so it's good to see that, um, but again, a lot of the stages I found to be... And you'll never see those stages in turn in competition. Yeah, you're right. Because It'll be the most boring flat of yeah. all the stages. That's how they do it. No items, Final Destination. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I mean, the con- the campaign in this, it's a lot of anime stuff. Just a lot of posturing, a lot of screaming, a lot of close-ups of clenched fists, like that mm. kind of stuff. And I feel like something that that's something that the Mortal Kombat campaigns kind of transcend. But again, you may like that stuff, so your mileage will vary. Um, one thing that I found in the campaign, Matt, I don't know if you got far enough to get to it, but there are these sections in the campaign where the game turns into a beat-em-up. Yeah, the Tekken Force stuff. Ugh. It's so awful. Those are, I mean, those. that's been a thing in Tekken since, I think, 3. It's so awkward. It's like you're on this weird, like, plane where you have to try to figure out if you're on the right plane for the enemy that you're fighting against. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're constantly, like, tapping up or down on the D-pad yeah, to, the, like... The Tekken 4 stuff has never really worked right. Oh, it's awful. And there's, like, to be fair, it probably lasts, like... 30 or 40 minutes but the whole campaign only lasts like four hours it's so. always that thing has always been sort of a side mode sort of a hey look what we can do kind of yeah. thing um and it's never been very hey look good. what we're terrible at is what i mm-hmm. say well that was always it was that there was tekken ball there's tekken bowling tekken balls in this a, yeah almost every mini game from the old days is still is back in this I yeah think. um silk snake asks how are the jiggle physics very toned down yeah there's not a lot it's not like gratuitous like I think they did a good job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the women are still attractive and yeah. sexy without being the new, ridiculous. Uh, the, the, the new Peruvian girl with the coffee yeah. plantation is great. MMA fighter. Like, supposed to be. But she doesn't yeah. do a lot of MMA stuff. Yeah, she mostly enough. drinks coffee and dodges. She looks like the... She, to me, is like the female version of Eddie Gordo. A little bit. like she's she like Kind her, of capoeira style. A little she bit. She has a little bit of capoeira, but also a little bit of like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I mean, there's a lot going on. But also, like, she's she's evasive, and I think they did that very well. I don't understand how to play her, but like, yeah. it's pretty cool to watch like people that know what they're doing with her because like Justin Wong was playing her for for a little bit, and like he was just he was just trolling people. Like, like they just couldn't hit him, uh, and he wouldn't even hit back. He's just like no, 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 just no, and jiving. no, 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 and it was great. It was like, and you don't see characters like that much. No, like, you're right. You know, those are those are hard to make. And I like, think I'm, Eddie Gordo is the first DLC character for this. I think that's what they've said. Sure, that's. I, I don't know. Here is the. That would make sense because he's kind of one of the. He, he's Capoeira is kind of missing from the roster here. Yeah. 
Um, there's uh, there's a lot of fighting styles that just aren't represented here. Yeah. Because um, I guess 33 is fine. Yeah, it's a ton. But like, uh, yeah, there's th- little elements where you're like, oh, where's where's this? Where's that? Where's where's the where's the kangaroo? The yeah. kangaroo is in it. Yeah. He's the kangaroo is at, behind a bar at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah I didn't fight thing. with him or against him though. No, he's not playable in this, but you yeah. got you got both. Maybe eventually, you got both freaking bears for some reason. I mean, again, there's like I do appreciate so many characters they've left out. I do appreciate so that one of the super moves the bear has is it turns a salmon into a rocket, yeah, and blows you up with a salmon. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, now we're seeing the multiplayer stuff. So you saw my little avatar that I created earlier running around in this, and that's stripped straight out of Street Fighter. But it's a great idea. I mean, it's probably yeah. the way fighting. Although games... to be fair, like the av- the fighting game avatar thing basically comes from the old a- the anime fighters. Like mm-hmm. that's a that's a guilty gear blaze. No, I get that. But I mean, the structure as far as like you can run around this virtual arcade and you can walk up to the arcade machines right. and you can challenge people to fight. Like, but that's again from those anime. Like that's always been how guilty gear worked. Even guilty back gear in the games day. are like that. Guilty. I mean, not as elaborate. Like it's, but it's like even back in the old guilty gear. I think guilty gear on the PS3. You could walk around in this little fake arcade, and like that's for multiplayer. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I don't that's, know. That's been around forever. I, like, I didn't know how I missed it's, that. It's just like this. For whatever reason, Street Fighter Six and Tekken Eight are one of the ones who are the mainstream big budget games are like, oh yeah, we're gonna do that now. Yeah. Um, and they did it well. That's well, good. online multiplayer, it's the perfect setup for it. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, you don't have to do that. You can just go into the menus and be like, I want to choose rank player on rank play. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it. I think it's cool. Like it sets the scene for people like us who were reared in the arcades. It gives me a little bit of that vibe again. I like it. I like that feeling. So I end up using the actual arcade, this interface, instead of just going to the menus. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's kind of silly, but I do. Um, what else we got here? So you have the Tekken Fight Lounge. There's ranked. There's unranked. And then there's quick battles. Um, I'm just going to say it. Like, I just got annihilated playing online. Hey, look, like it's fake right in. Like, literally... The matchmaking in this, like, I was, like, on my second match, I had 100 Tekken points, and they were matching me with people that had, like, 25,000 Tekken points. Yeah, there's no, um, there's not a lot of newbies uh, uh, that I've seen. In I this. met some of the people that I fought, I never hit them once. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like, these, the online matches are actually, like, it is, like, be- the first to three instead of the first to two. Tekken's and, always best to three. Right. Yeah. And so, like, after the second fight, I just quit. I just laid there and let them beat me up. I couldn't touch them. They would just, if I I could maybe get the first shot in, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. They just literally started a combo that wiped me out. Yep. Time after time after time you know what you're after doing time. In, you don't know what you're doing in tech, and you'll never you have no touch chance. Them. Nope. And again, because the matchmaking is and to be terrible. Clear, I don't, well, the matchmaking has no choice, because really, people who are of our skill level are not playing Tekken online. I guess like nobody ever starts at zero. Everyone has to start at zero. Yeah, but the <laughs> like, people. But if you're any good, you get a way up there. All really I guess. fast. Like you would think they'd be fighting each other, so they wouldn't. There's no one else to fight. <laughs> it it like, feels like all the experts are playing the noobs when I played this. Like it's that. I mean, it's simply not what's happening. It's got to be it's, boring for them. Like I mean, they don't love it because they're not getting much XP out of yeah. it. Yeah. Again, you're you're high enough. It doesn't matter. Also, you're probably really fighting like. Mid-range. Also, by the way, did you just see what happened there? Yeah, she throws her head back. <laughs> this is my. You're really main. fighting mid-range people. This is my main. I fi- I've chose Elisa. She's mm-hmm. a, a cyborg, and she does awesome stuff. There's like also been a hand lo- her head to enemies, and then the head explodes. There's also been a, a whole thing where uh, the higher there it is the higher level. <laughs> That's um, freaking great. <laughs> there's also been a whole thing where the higher level players have been caught boosting. Oh, um, as if they need to. <laughs> Yeah, like the, the top, the top one and two players were caught boosting wow. with each other. 
I'm um, just gonna say, like, I mean, I'm sure eventually I could keep playing and maybe I could get good enough. I mean, it would take a lot of work, man. I mean, I'm not gonna do that. These that players take, take are months. so good. Like, I just, I, I don't know. I fought online maybe ten or fifteen matches, and I was like, I just got tired of getting my ass kicked. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like, like, like what you're, what's happening here, like this play, this is not. Tekken. Like, this is not, I mean, this is how casual people play Tekken, but if you play it like this, you're never going to get anything. I mean, this is how I have to play, too. I don't know anything about how Tekken combos yeah. work. Because combo, you know, none of you, like, we haven't even seen a combo here. Right. None of these are combos. If you do, like, just like, you know, like, like they, they have the little, like, strings you, they show you in the, in the training thing. Mm -hmm. Those aren't called combos in the community. They're just right. called strings. Yeah. Um, a combo is when you pop a, pop someone up and air juggle them, and then they land on the ground and you hit their feet and pop them up again and do the what's called the tornado, tornado. move, which like resets the combo. Which is hard. So they're not to falling pull off as fast. in the heat of yeah. battle. But you just do it until you memorize it. Yeah. You get your bread and butter. You get two or three down, and then you, that's how you. And but yeah, that's why you have to focus on one character. Like that's almost a combo. But then they keep falling faster, and you have to do the tornado to make them land on the ground, stick their feet up, and then you hit him again. And hopefully you back him into the wall, and then you get another few hits as they fall off the wall. That's the other um, thing about this but game that's is Tekken. the environment does matter. So you can slam them into if you fight them to the edge of the map, you can slam them into the wall a little bit like Dead or Alive, and actually do some extra damage here and there. Mm -hmm. So but, uh, there's like four different variables about how long you how many times you can hit them after they hit the wall depending on when they hit the wall where they hit the wall and how tall the wall is and how much they bounce off um, of the wall well that's not that doesn't matter i it's, mean as far as continuing your juggle it does no it doesn't because really? because how they fall after they hit the wall is completely determined by a how many hits you've had in the combo and b where they hit the wall if they hit a high wall splat you're gonna get three hits as they fall down if they hit a low wall splat you're gonna get two and miss the third if they hit the high wall but you've already juggled them off of the tornado and the tornado was the last hit before the wall you'll only get two but if you did you started with a tornado you can't continue with the tornado and the tornado will not get you any extra hits off the wall so you have to just finish the combo if you're it's, listening to this and you're like oh my god yeah oh my god and like, again but again I know all this stuff, but I can't do it. Yeah. Like, to be clear, like, I'm not good at Tekken. Like, I, I can tell you this is what you're supposed to do, and I know that's what you're supposed to do, but I can't fucking do it. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm, I have these, not practiced. These people, I, look, I played Street Fighter. I played Mortal Kombat. I could hang fighting other humans in those. In this, I just got mm -hmm. annihilated. Well, Completely annihilated. I, mean, I couldn't even of, land a hit. Well, part of it is also that, like, 2D fighters all kind of have a little bit of similarity to each other. Like 3D fighters are all their own beasts. That's true. Um, yeah. Tekken's mechanics are completely different from Virtua Fighters, which are completely different from Soul Caliburs, which are completely different from Dead or Alive, which are completely different from, I don't know, Street Fighter EX plus Alpha. Um, being good at one doesn't make you good at the others, and in some cases makes you worse because yeah. I if you're expecting this to play like Virtua Fighter you're gonna get killed well, sidesteps in this are important like yeah. tapping up and down on the d-pad just, just get into a different plane do you know how many different ways there are to get up in this game a lot 15 yeah I believe it yeah there's at least. And it's one of the few fighters where you can stay laying on the ground if you want. Yeah. And so this is where I'm getting, where I'm coming to my conclusion a little bit about this game. And it's that I finished the campaign in like four hours. And then I honestly spent way more time on the arcade quest than mm -hmm. I did on the campaign. Arcade quest is pretty, uh, pretty it sucks you in more. Well, than, I enjoyed it. It's definitely yeah. the best single player content. I felt that way. In the game. I played it longer than I played the flashy campaign. Yeah. And then I was like, now what? Because mm -hmm. I went online and I'm well, like, now I can't you're just compete. stuck with a Tekken game, right? That's why. And now you just have this game. Like, I unless you're committed to getting good at this game, and a lot of people, I would argue, they buy fighting games and they're they are dedicated to getting good mm -hmm. at it. Unless you're that person, 
I don't think you're going to get your money's worth out of this game. It's no. $70. And like the single player stuff, you can play it a day and you pretty much kind of work through most of it. And then all you're left is playing online. And I, again, you need to be dedicated to get good at this mm-hmm. or they're just going to embarrass your ass like they embarrass me. Yeah. Ca- there is no casual on Tekken online. Yeah. It just doesn't exist. It's brutal. I can believe The line it. between a casual player and a player that knows what they're doing is sharper in this game than in these ga- the Tekken series than any other fighting game to me. Yeah. I mean, there are games where, I mean, obviously you jump into, like, Marvel 2 and someone's an infinite you and you'll never even get to touch the buttons. Yeah. But, like, in terms of modern stuff, like, you can hold your own in a Street Fighter game. You can hold your own in, you know, a King of Fighters or a, or even a Guilty Gear or Blaze Blue or Grand Blue, Stra- Grand Blue Saga. But, like, if you don't know how to do the actual, you know, the air juggle. Breaking the dog, combo like is the hard part. Yeah, well, you can't break the combos. Yeah. Like, you like, gotta, you, you just gotta, gotta, you just gotta not be hit, and to to do that, you have to a know exactly how tech and kind of you know oaky strategy works, and hopefully know what your opponent can do. Yeah, and that takes literal research. Like, it, like A lot of time, if you look at yeah. the beginner guides for this game, you'll see people constantly talking about like learn this and practice it at least five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Like, you need a daily it's training like regimen. Yeah, yeah <laughs> see, it is. Yeah, I'm not into that. That's not. And my as thing. someone who is you know way behind the curve because I haven't played Tekken seriously ever, mm-hmm. like I feel like if I wanted to get good at this game, I could. But it would t- that would be my full time pastime yeah. for like. It'd be a the month. only thing I would play. Yeah. No, I hear you. And I just don't. I and here's the thing. I don't find the fighting in Tekken very interesting or rewarding. Like I just don't. I think everybody feels a little too stiff. Well, the way these games are designed is like you do a combo, you unload. The mm-hmm. other guy stops your combo, and then he unloads. It's like you take turns being aggressive, basically. Well, yeah. Well, Tekken's a very aggressive game. Yeah. And and it's all about punish, you know, blocking and punishing, and knowing what you can punish with and what you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and all fighting games are like that to some degree, but Tekken is Tekken is high stakes in a way that almost no other fighting game is. Like if you you make one mistake, they yeah. unlaunch a, a combo string that literally yeah. will just wipe you. And out. look, there's tons of come from behind mechanics in this. There's multiple, you know, the heat bar lets you like deal a lot of damage. Yeah, we should talk about like, the heat bar because that's the new of, feature to the yeah combat like, engine. Like the, the heat bar basically is that you'll well, you don't see it in this because it's all uh, cinematic it's the footage. Yeah, but um. You get a heat bar, and there's the heat. That was her heat move, or her heat, heat activation. So the so the heat moves. Um, you'll see that's the little blue bar underneath the life bar, um, and the heat bar works two different ways. You can just hit R one or buttons two and three to activate it, um, which is what just happened there. Mm-hmm. If you activate it that way, you it, it drops to two thirds, and then you can use the rest to do whatever you want with it. And the way you can heat, do it again. Like I found most characters, you can do two heat attacks with you, a full meter. Well, the, the heat activation is different from the attack. So if you do a heat attack, you generally have used the whole bar up if you've activated it that way. But the other way to activate it is you can do these. I don't remember the actual name, but when you do the attack, um, it has like a like a like a maroon fireball on it. It's like a maroon shaded yeah, yeah. energy thing on it. Yeah. And if you do the fo- if you have certain follow up and it's different for each character, but you do follow up, you will go into heat mode, and the next attack you do will be heat powered, and then you'll be in heat mode, and you'll get the whole bar that way. So that's the better way to transition to heat mode. In heat mode, um, you do extra damage. Every attack does chip damage, which yep. is very important. Even if um, they're blocking, even if well, that's yeah. what chip damage is. It's yeah. damage that's done right. while you're blocking. Yeah. And um, you can erase uh, gray health, which will can be mentioned. And then you can do the heat attack, which if that connects, is like a like a mini super move. 
Um, and then you can do a, the actual super move, who's, I don't remember the actual official name, but you do actual super move when your life's low and the f- red flames are around your life bar. And that thing can take off like a third of your health. Yeah. Um, and, and that's R2 to initiate yeah. that. It's called, what, a heat rush or something, I think? Um, no, some it's a, something it. else. It's like, I can't remember. I don't remember the names of anything in this game. Um, but then there's all this stuff with like, um, like when you do damage to someone, they have gray health, which is like you'll, there's a gray outline, or it's hard to see sometimes around the health bar, and you can recover that as long mm-hmm. as the, that's not destroyed. Um, and like you recover that by just doing attacks, even if they're blocked, you'll get yep. a little health back and it'll fill up your gray health. But then you can, there's other moves people can do that can re- reduce your gray health. And there are characters who have moves that erase all gray health yeah. if they land it. So there, that's a that's a balanced uh, thing you can figure out how to exploit if you want to, depending on what character you're using. So, and but like yeah, that's the thing is like you'll see people like suddenly you see the green uh, lights on the on the health bar because they're gaining light, gray health back yeah. while they're doing attacks. So like the, the, the you know the the. Attacks do huge damage in this game, but there are a lot of ways to get life to back, get back and yeah. to like do huge damage back. Yeah. And there's always a way to, you know, the, the balance is actually very, very good, but it requires you to be playing it at a high level. You know, that, and if you're just playing casual, like, look how fast that guy died. Like, it's like that's his health gone. Yeah. No, you know, but there's like things where, like, you know, and, and you got another plus frames and the negative frames. And like, you know, there's like a big attack that, um, what's his name? The guy, the, the, the Leon or the, you know the guy who's standing in the airship in the the campaign all the time with the hair, which well, the guy with you the know, big collar. Yeah, with the big collar and a lion on his chest. Yeah, I don't know guy. what his name is actually. I, I think it's Leon. Is it Leon? Maybe you're Leo. Leo is is the younger kid who's no one's sure what gender he oh, is. Oh right, right. Because <laughs> um, because that's the thing is like characters in this game have like set a lot of set clothing and there's like male clothing and female clothing. Leo has a almost 50-50 mix of male and female clothing, and nobody really knows what that means. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll find out later. Yeah. But um, the, 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 the French guy, or the, the Leon guy, who's, who's uh, helping, he's the guy who fights uh, Jin in the second chapter to, like, Oh, I know him. his stage is in Paris on the, yeah. on the river, same. Um, yeah. I think it's him. He has, like, this low, low sweep kick that can do, can like, go into, like, almost an 80% damage combo, but... If you if you you can dot you can block it low. If you block it low, it's like something like some crazy thing like thirty five frame negative, mm-hmm. which means you have all the time in the world to punish that. Yeah. So that's the balance on that. It's like it's it's easy to see coming, and you can block it and get a big so it's a big risk, big reward. But again, if you don't know he can do that, and you don't know that if you block it, you get that big punish you're gonna keep getting creamed by that move. It's just it's 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 a and I know this from like just watching videos for like over the weekend and trying to figure out why I suck at this game. And over the time, I'm just sort of like, okay, I understand why I suck at this game, and I have absolutely no reason and no longer not suck because <laughs> it's going to take so much work to not suck at this game. Yeah, um, I mean the combat is pretty simple. It's really just four face buttons, and then the heat yeah. system is just on the shoulders. They get a a stunning amount of complexity out of four buttons. It really is and, amazing. Yeah. I mean, really, it is just four buttons. There's no block button. You the, just hold back to the block. Shoulder, well, the shoulder buttons are just shortcuts for pressing to those you could multiples of those. You right. heat yeah. is just two and three. You're right. And you the could other, use just you know? four, yeah. So it's, it's... I mean, it is a massive technical achievement. And I would also... Um, it's, there's a lot of innovation in this in terms of presentation and learning tools mm-hmm. because yeah the tutorials the, are great tutorials are great but like the the replays there's a thing in the replays in this that I think everybody if they haven't patented it because because Namco does that <laughs> You're um, right. 
if you watch a replay um, of yourself or anyone, you can watch a replay and it will show you, it will zoom in and show you here's where you fucked up. Yeah. It'll be like, here's what this happened. If you zoom in on this thing, it'll tell you if you block, you can block this or you can dodge that. You do this to dodge it. Or if you block this and then like don't retaliate, it was like you could punish this with this move or that move. And then you can take over in the replay and play from that point on and try to do better than you did when you fucked up. That's incredible. And that yeah. is amazing. That's next level. What yeah. an amazing teaching and learning tool that is. That's yep. incredible. No, you're right. Like I'd put this on the like when the time comes that this that this that puts this on the most innovative game nominee list already for me for game of the at year the end of the year on. like yeah. it is that is incredible and everyone should steal it the, the, good the tutorials it. are great too the whole game yeah. teaches you how to play it all along yeah, yeah. that because and when, like when i say it's going to take me forever to learn to be good at this game and i don't care to do that because i don't have the time or interest it's not a knock on the game's ability like trying to keep me out or like that the game is impenetrable like, the game is right there to teach you from the the, the basest basest things like it'll teach you which button does what for 10 minutes if you no, want right. yeah. like it's it, Tekken 8 absolutely wants you to play it and absolutely wants to teach you how to be good at it like it is it is the most but do one you of the most, want to right exactly <laughs> it's one of the most welcoming fighting games i have yeah. ever played yeah i just don't care yeah <laughs> you know like so now I, we're, at, we're at the conclusion here it's like do you recommend that people buy it i, I honestly struggle to tell people to buy this game unless if you like tech and buy it right that's it that's all i would say yeah that's it it is it, or if you look at it and you think it looks amazing which again i think it looks amazing um uh Technically, I don't think I don't like Tekken's aesthetic very yeah. much. Really, I, I think art. everybody looks kind of similar and it's, ugly. Again, it has this weird kind of Victorian angle to the. I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, Mirko Supreme is correct. I did watch Five DX's uh, Beginner Guide. That was one of the things I watched. Oh, okay, uh, the guy I wouldn't have remembered his name until he said, it, but yeah, Five DX. Look up um, if you're interested. Go to YouTube and look up Tekken Eight. I think it's Absolute Beginner Guide. And it he'll teach he teaches you some basics and then gets into more you know complex fundamentals. Mm-hmm. A lot of what I've said here is probably lifting from that and a couple other videos I watched to try to figure out what the fuck yeah, I yeah, was missing. Yeah. Um, really interesting. Even if you don't intend to play it, if you just have like, you're vaguely interested, like even if you just want to know about fighting, like like you'll learn something about how fighting games work. It'll yeah. make watching the next Evo more interesting for you. I'm sure because yeah, sure. you'll know why people are doing what they're doing. Yeah, but um, but if I would you're say, on a, you either have to already be into Tekken, or you're like I see this and I'm excited about this, even though I'm not a Tekken person, but I 100 I want this to be my game for the spring, like until like for Q1, I'm just gonna play this game and figure it out. Tekken Eight will do that for you, but yeah. you have to meet you have you have to take it on as like you said another job. Basically, yeah, I would not buy this unless you really want to play online. If you're, if, I would not buy this for a single player. Yeah. There's not enough content. There. Or if you have, there's if you, a lot. But if you have a real life consume. group of friends who like you, just like to fuck around on Tekken, dorms, sure, frat house, yeah. buy it. Totally get it. Like I think it's great for those situations, but single player doesn't last that yeah. long. If you want to get your money's worth out of this, you're gonna need to play online for most people. Unless again, you're in a setting where you have three or four brothers and sisters in the house, or you're in a dorm mm-hmm. with a bunch of other college kids, or you're in a frat with a bunch of your frat boys. Stuff like that, yeah. it makes sense. But unless you're dedicated and want to get you really good be ready, at it, because otherwise you're gonna, you, otherwise you're showing up at the fucking at the the at the tuner car meet downtown with your mom's Civic, pretty much. Yep. And you're gonna you're, you're gonna get <laughs> you're gonna get beaten and you're gonna get laughed at yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna need to get better. Yep. So there you go. That's Tekken Eight. It is a seventy dollar game. It is, I would argue, technically the best looking fighting game I've ever seen. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. That Unreal Engine 5 makes a big difference. Oh, so. yeah. And just the, 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 the seamless transitions between the fighting and the campaign cutscenes. I mean, it's, it's really impressive. Slick. Yep, they did a good job. But again, really, you need to be into it for yeah. competitive yeah, reasons. Not, not for me, but yeah. like I have nothing but good things to say about it, basically. Yep. yep. All right, let's move on to our last topic of Game Face, episode 374. We're going to discuss a game that maybe should have been first ahead of Tekken, uh, but I had to make the tough decision. Uh, but that game is Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, the next installment in the Like a Dragon franchise. It is a turn-based RPG that eventually is crossed with the resort management sim. However, so, Matt... Or so the Germans would have us believe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Matt, I have played this game, I think I would guess I've played it for 12 or 13 mm. hours at this point. I have not got to the management sim yeah, part I of the am, game. I am about almost seven hours in, and I have just gotten to Hawaii. Yeah. And I'll say, I'll say for the first like hour, several hours of this game, I'm sitting here thinking, because it's basically just continuation off of... Yakuza, Laka Dragon, Yakuza Seven, mm -hmm. with the same same main character and the same group, yeah. same place, and um, I was sitting there thinking, like, how in the world is this guy going to end up naked on a beach in Hawaii? Like, <laughs> like how are you getting there? Um, yeah, and it starts out, you are, well, basically everything's gone to crap. Like your clan well, has on, basically it, been dissolved. And well, so early you, on, it's actually doing. He's doing all right because because basically he's the, working at a job placement service. Yeah. Well, he's the, he's the, trying to hire former yakuza who can't find work. Yeah. Well, the ultimate result of the previous game was he and his friends basically brought down the two major yakuza clans Plants. that have been the major yakuza clans in the yakuza series for seven games. Yeah. The Omi and the and the Tojo are no more. So they've got like ten thousand ex yakuza running around who can't get jobs. Yeah. So he's trying to help them all. His goal because his father figure, the head of the one of the other the the, the clan he was part of, wanted all all ex yakuza to have a civilian life and to start over. And so his his like thing is like I'm gonna do the best job for, for this for the like for the captain and yeah and do that and in the beginning of the game he's actually doing pretty good oh, he's like great he's, he's like the employee of the month he's like helping yakuza yeah. find work that they weren't able to find before the yakuza's figured it out yeah. and everybody likes him he's called the hero of yokohama he's yeah like, you know everybody every you walk down the street and everybody's got little speech bubbles you're like oh that's hey there how he you is. doing hey yeah. ichiban like what's up <laughs> yeah so he's a popular person and like uh, and then it spends three hours going on about how horrible he is at dating yeah um yeah, I mean, I, I didn't play Yakuza Seven <laughs> to the end. I didn't. I don't really know. I, I mean, I didn't play it that long because um, I hadn't finished any of the other stuff. I was like, I should. It was starting off at the end of Kazuya's story to the point that I'm like, I don't remember any or, or Kiryu's story that I'm like, I don't. Rem I don't know any of this yet. I should wait until I finish six. Yeah, and I hadn't. I still haven't done that. Like I said, if we stop doing this show tomorrow, the first thing I do is replay all the Yakuza games <laughs> because um, then I would have. It would take me probably four months, but I would get to it. Um, but like, I did not remember him being quite so much of a, of a loser. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's consistent. Um, he's a, he's a big, strong, dumb guy. Yeah. And he admits that that's what yeah. he is. Mostly. And it comes through. The more you play this game, he makes dumb mistakes and makes poor yeah. decisions and yeah. Um, so it starts out that he's working at this job placement agency, placing Yakuza's into jobs as they've all tried to leave the mob basically. But eventually someone sets him up. And they start spying on him. And while he's doing good things for the Yakuza, Mind the way you, it looks... five hours in. Right, right. Like, While it looks like he's doing good stuff for the Yakuza, the way that they film him and take pictures yeah. of him, it makes him look like he's doing shady stuff. Yeah, it's, it's interesting in that like, it's, it basically 
is tackling cancel culture uh-huh. in a weird way. Like there's all because, kinds of subtle the, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, because it's an online like it's basically it's an online like outrage. They call it like an outrage channel where like mm-hmm. this it posts up. It's a tabloid. It posts up news with a, v, a virtual newscaster anime girl who basically and like all if you've already played through all these on. I love these scenes where it's like. They are so proud of their their throat they're, tech. They're so proud of their throat tech and their liquid physics. Yeah, the throat the, tech. The fact that they, characters they, they zoom games, in on everyone's throat yeah. to show them that they actually swallow. And the fact that these characters uh, can all like you can they can drink convincingly. I'm actually like, going to rewind that because people probably didn't catch it, but they are literally showing yeah. off their drinking technology yeah. here at the beginning they, of this. This, scene. Is, this series has people drinking alcohol so often that they specifically designed a wash way their to, throats the throat and watch the liquid disappear that's yeah. really hard to do like they specific, this is i think it was six they, yeah. they finally like they revamped all their liquid tech and their drinking like all you'll never see a, a game character do that I know. outside like a naughty dog game yeah they're showing and, it off but yeah. people like characters just hold highball drinks all the time and they wanted it to look sloshing and realistic and so they did and so that's one of the things in the yakuza games is there's the liquids look really realistic game where he Open the doorknob, and they're yeah. just—they're showing you. They're like, "Look!" He like jostles it first, and then you see his mm-hmm. emotion coming through his hand on the doorknob, like yeah. all stuff they that like, a really good job. you couldn't even do. Or in even video I games. think it was the last—it was seven where they did. Um, he he takes a bite of bread, and like they animate him pulling the bread with his teeth, and uh-huh. like, and, it, and like all the all the animators in the industry are like, "Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. It's so hard." Work. He's like, that, he's like, that, like one animator I saw was like, I think he was working on Spider Man. He's like, that's the most amazing animation clip I've seen yeah. in years. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just so unnecessary. It's it's yeah. just showing off. It's like when characters take their shirts and clothes off in uh, in uh, Naughty Dog games, right? Like you get where you like the when uh, I think it was Abby or or Ellie takes her shirt off and yeah. like, does it on screen. That's that's really a huge hard. deal. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of technical like <laughs> proficiency on on display. Tim Ray ninety nine says this game makes me miss smoking. Yeah, Did people the, smoke in this game. The smoking is constantly because <laughs> they smoke in Japan. They, Japan, they do absolutely. Um, so anyway, what happens is he gets fired from his job at the placement mm. service because he's set up by somebody. Yeah, basically, like there's one day where his whole life just falls apart one day. Yep. It's like it's... he goes home after he gets fired <laughs> and there's a bunch of teenagers there like extorting him basically mm-hmm. to like not publish a video on social media. Yeah. Like he's are trying to cancel him basically. To your point about cancel culture being a part of the plot in this. And so what happens is like they're like, "Well, we tried to go legit, it didn't work out," and they basically just go right back to their mm-hmm. old ways. And he gets the band back together. They he pulls out his old baseball bat. And they go right back to being Yakuza again, basically. Well, sort of. What it turns out is that um, uh, the the they go to the, the Seryu, which is like the bad guys in um, the man who the man who who, who forgot his who name. For, or the man who, his name, who, yeah. who yeah who who yeah forgot it, whatever that was the yeah. the, 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 the Kiryu spinoff. Yeah. Um, they go to them because uh, they have a new chairman after all the events of Seven. And they, you fight your way through. What, what the, he even calls it a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things in this game is that he's kind of crazy. Uh-huh. And like when you get in fights with guys in the street, sometimes they'll change into really weird looking enemies. Yeah. Because and his friends don't see it, and he's just like, "Well, I'm going to imagine them as however I want to imagine." So basically, all the different enemy types in this game are because he's kind of a crazy person who imagines them Thanks, to be different, weirder yeah. than just like guys and thug, like thugs on the street. Yeah. Which is, interesting yeah um 
But you go through it, and he actually calls it a dungeon. And at the end, the chairman is just like, oh, hey, sorry to keep you waiting. I guess they didn't listen to me when I said, don't kill you. Um, come with me. And he's and there's a whole extra scheme to get everybody off this. It actually turns out pretty well. And there's some revelations of some people that you thought did some things in the last game, didn't. And some people who were dead in the last game aren't dead. And he, in the end, has to go to Hawaii because of that. And well, no, he he meets somebody who tells him who his real parents are. Right. Well, that's what the, who I'm saying is not dead. Oh, okay. Well, you, and you, he goes to Hawaii to meet his real parents, including his mom, who he didn't know. Well, just his mom. because Well, the dad dead. was... I don't want to spoil yeah. it. Yeah. But he goes to meet his mom in Hawaii, yeah. basically. And then he gets there, and you think, oh, this is where now maybe she's running an old rickety resort, and he's going to take over her resort. It's your job to rebuild your mom's resort. No! The, going to Hawaii just starts this whole other crazy long, like, <laughs> again, mm-hmm. I've played this game for almost 15 hours. I still have not get to, got to the resort management stuff. Yeah, the resort management stuff is deep, deep in there. It's crazy that they marketed it that way. So I was telling Matt, like, I say a lot on I the mean, show. I mean, that is the main difference here, because otherwise it is a pretty straight yeah. sequel to the last game. Yeah. Like, I was telling Matt before we recorded today that often on Game Face, I mentioned that, like, I like to go into evaluating games knowing as little as possible about the game. I just want to evaluate what's on the disc without any preconceived notions. And the reason I say that is because of something that happened with this game, which is I knew it was supposed to be a turn-based RPG crossed with a a resort management sim. And the whole time I'm playing it, I'm like, where the hell's the resort management sim? Like, if I had just played this game and picked it up without knowing, I wouldn't have sat there for 15 hours being like, where the hell is this shit? Like, it kind of altered how I ultimately played the game. So maybe when I say this in in the future, you'll understand what I'm saying and why I say that. Because it absolutely affected my opinion of this game as I was playing it. I'm like, where is it? This is, and if you, you know, you put out a bunch of trailers with the resort in it, like the very first trailer is him on the beach, like the whole like nude thing or whatever. Like you set those expectations right away. Which is not how he gets to Hawaii. He just just flies there in a normal plane. Right, on a plane, yeah. (laughs) It's a... So anyway, that's why I say that a lot on Game Face. I try to go into games knowing as little about them as possible so I can just give them as fair a shake as possible. So don't, again, we're kind of spoiling it for you guys. Like the resort management stuff, I still haven't played it. Mm-hmm. I still haven't got to try it. So maybe in next week we'll come back if we both of us have made it to that point. But again, we got two big games to jump on and start playing for next week's show. I so. mean, as Eve Demon points out, the, the resort stuff is largely optional. Oh, it is? Because, like, I don't know. Well, because it's, it's like the, the business management stuff in the other games where it's like, you don't have to do it. You're going to have a lot easier time from a number of angles if you do it. But you don't have, have to? You'll have, you'll have a lot of money. You'll, have, you'll be able to upgrade things. You'll you'll have more XP, so you'll be more leveled up. Like, you know, like the like it's tedious to do, like, the Hostess Club stuff and the other the old Yakuza games. But they gave you so much loot yeah. doing that. Like, it was so worth it because you were, like, all of a sudden you had the best gear for the, the point in the game. and all that. So, yeah, and you, you buy all your weaponry from the adult store. Well, um, here, so... When you first start, you're in Japan, and you build this little crew, you get back together Mm -hmm. with your old crew of guys, and you fight a lot, like, using that party, and then you go to Hawaii, and you start all over, and you Mm -hmm. build this whole other crew back up. And you will will eventually be able to go back to Japan. I would guess, yeah. um, Because you have to do the Pokedex. Oh, right. Yeah, so so here's the thing. So, (laughs) the resort management stuff takes forever to show up, but in its stead, there is just tons Mm -hmm. of crap the gameplay variety in this really is one of its plus there's a 
There's a reality TV show that takes place at a mall where you're, is like the whole mall is an escape room. Um, there's a Pokemon knockoff where you mm-hmm. fight humans against each other and you have to go out yeah. into the world and collect which, humans to fight yeah. for you. Which was in the sort of in the first one, the previous one, where except you were just every time you fought them, you get a Pokedex entry for yeah. the, the enemy. And in this one, you're capturing b- before you go to Hawaii. They're like the, the weird professor is like, oh yeah, you, you can. Apparently, you can. There's a whole collection and fighting them thing that happens in Hawaii and. And Ichiban's like, how does that work? He's like, don't worry about that until you get there. It's yeah. like, it's like, we're not going to explain that. Well, then it's you just, get there, and it's literally just Pokemon. You have a yeah. team of three dudes fighting the other team of three dudes, and it, the mechanics... Yeah, it's, it's essentially bum fights. It really is. <laughs> it kind of is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, so, but it just goes on and on. There's um, There are raids scattered all over the map. There's this other system called the Pound Mates, where you mm-hmm. call in helpers like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, if you look at... Um, like the the status screen or whatever, which there's like four of them. Yeah. Well, one of the status screens shows like how many mini, how many out of how many mini games you've played, and I, I'm like, it's it's whatever number you've played out of eighty. It's insane. There's eighty mini games in yeah. this. It's loaded, including a bunch of classic Sega arcade games. Yeah, but the Poundmate system, like you you uh, complete side missions. Like the first Poundmate that I found. I had to uh, deliver stuff on a bike like Crazy Taxi. They had set mm-hmm. it up, ju- same sound effects, same everything, and you're on a bicycle doing tricks trying to deliver food to these people around the town. But did if- they play The Offspring? <laughs> they didn't. No, they, didn't they didn't get that license. Um, and then you finish it, and then the guy who, get- who gave you the mission becomes a pound mate, meaning that when you go into battle for the rest of the game, you can choose that guy to be a part of your party for that fight. Mm-hmm. And then as you go through the game, you find other pound mates that you can add to your party. Again, a lot. Yeah. What was that system called in Assassin's Creed? Where you could just call in your dudes well, and they just remember. fly in off the roof? It was and like, like the Brotherhood thing. Something like yeah. that, yeah. That was very cool. I mean, that they had something like that in the previous one. Um, like, again, a lot, this is a very, very direct sequel to the last one. Yeah. Like, a lot of the same uh, uh, mechanics are here. Mm-hmm. You'll be very familiar with it. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the combat system is more or less the same. Um... And more or less, I mean, I do prefer the action-based combat in this, but I think this works fine. Like, so the way I've described this, it's a turn-based RPG crossed with shuffleboard. Yeah, you are trying to knock everybody into each other. So it's yeah. like it's like the first guy you attack is your puck that you're sliding, mm-hmm. and then the other dudes are the puck at, or the pucks at the other end of the shuffleboard course. So you, what you want to do is you want to line them up so that you can ricochet them into each other to do more damage. And there are some attacks that are designed specifically for that. Like, mm-hmm. there are kicks where it's like, hey, line up as many people as possible. The more you line up, the more damage you do. So when you're in combat, you're always trying to orient yourself in such a way that either you're knocking an enemy into an obstacle, you're knocking them into another enemy, or you're knocking them into one of your party members. Because if you do that, then they will get an extra hit and knock them back in your direction. Mm-hmm. And so crowd management is a big part of the turn-based combat in this. And then the other part of it that keeps it a little bit active is that you need to block. And enemies just come in and attack and you need to hit the circle button at perfect timing. It is so hard to time it. Because some of the enemies will do the stutter thing where they'll come in to punch and they'll stop and then punch. Yeah, you got to know everybody's moves and then you got to hope the camera shows you what's happening in time. Yeah, because a lot it. of times the camera just isn't fast enough and yeah. you just start getting attacked off camera. And I found that yeah. to be very, very annoying. Yeah, it's it's not great and it really hasn't improved much from the previous one. But I will say, like, the, the thing is, like, it's so easy to, to heal up that it doesn't really matter because um, food's everywhere and restaurants are everywhere. And, well, if you have the money. Because yeah. uh, the other thing is, that, at least for me in this economy, I've always been just hovering around like two or $300 pretty much the whole time. 
Um, and, but Matt's right. Like you eat food basically to heal. Um, but there's times where you get stuck out like away from a rest restaurant. So you don't want to run all the way back to the restaurant. So you're like, ah, oh, I'll just risk it. And then one of the enemies picks up a bike or whatever and hits you in the head mm -hmm. with it and just kills you. And then when you die, you have to spend money to try again. Or you can say no and they'll just take you back to your last save point. So it's generally better to go back to your last save. It is, yeah. Because again, the money's scarce, and if you die, they'll take like fifty or sixty dollars of your money, mm -hmm. and that's it. That's a lot in this game. So and eventually, you will hit a point. If you certainly like the like the first game. I assume I'm not that far, but like you will hit a point where you can handle that stuff and you have more money than God. So I haven't got there um, yet. But, but there's always going to be that early part where you're like trying to you know find your find your your bearings. And you can see there's some active parts of the attacks. Like sometimes you need to smash square to add more damage to it. Sometimes you need to time like the triangle taps um, when the, the zone comes down under the triangle. Um, sometimes you just have to put in like quick time stuff in before the timer runs out. So the combat, while it's turn-based, is still pretty active. Like I enjoyed the combat in this other yeah. than the off-camera stuff and some of the smaller issues. Yeah, it's very satisfying for the most uh -huh. part. Yeah, I actually really liked it. Um, as far as leveling it's up... A, it, just like the previous one, it's a, it's a shockingly good translation of how the, the combat felt in the yeah. other in in the action based RPG. Yeah. They've done a great job. Um, when you level up, you level up both your level and your rank and your job. So in the job in this is your class, basically. And the classes are funny. Like, you end up ultimately, light spoiler here, like your cabbie that picks you up at the airport in Hawaii ends up being in your party. Yeah. And he's his class is cabbie. <laughs> like so there's yeah. other cabbies out there that you could add to your party and they have a very specific oh, the classes are very funny they are funny like, yeah one of your friends one of the nanba the one of your guys from the previous game his, his class is homeless guy right yeah and <laughs> sometimes you start a fight it'll just say asshole on the screen yeah ass that's very funny like the, <laughs> there's definitely some very levity straightforward in this. yeah but i'll say this too matt overall this game is way less wacky than i thought it was gonna be and again, maybe once you get to the resort, things like crack open. And get, right. <laughs> maybe once you get to the resort, things crack open and get crazy. But so far, like if you watch a trailer of this and then play the game, it feels like two different experiences. Well, I think they're leaning into that to a large degree because that's the main new thing. Right. You know, like they're that that like that's the big difference here is it is Yakuza seven done done as a sequel, but at some point you run a Hawaiian resort. Yeah, and otherwise you'd just be showing a lot of this without knowing the nuance and the extra little mini game systems. Um, it's just just the previous game again. Yeah. Now, generally, the way this is designed is like you don't really have to grind that much. However, you will get to points in this game where it's like, hey, there, here's a point of no return. I can't believe that didn't kill him. Right. Once you go back, once you choose to go forward, you can't go back, and they'll they'll recommend the level that you need to be. And that's pretty accurate. Like, mm -hmm. I tried to go through one of those big gatekeeping doors not being the level I was supposed to. The very first fight, one punch, all my guys were knocked out Yeah, dead. definitely believe the level game. Yes, when they is. tell you you need to be level 13, you need to be level 13. Um, otherwise, you're going to get your ass kicked and you're going to lose all also, your guys. Also, if you start playing it, don't be fooled by how easy it is at the beginning. Right. Yeah, because like, it starts to ramp up. Once you up. get to Hawaii, it actually, oh, you're like, oh, okay, this is the combat system yeah. running on all all cylinders. Because you can avoid random encounters just by, like, walking. You can see them on the street. They'll have icons yeah. above their heads or whatever. But here's the thing. You may see a group of two or three dudes walking down the street. When you go to confront them, suddenly three or four more dudes spawn. Mm. Because his imagination is very vivid. Right. But it, even more importantly, the the the, the groups are color coded. With yeah. The, like there's there's like I think blue, blue is easy, red or green is easy, red is normal, pink is hard, and 
outline black like black with red outline is death right like de- but i've run into red guys who are just you know general standard pushovers and i've run into red groups where like all of a sudden i could barely do any damage to and they them. kill the whole party yeah um i've yep. not ha- had a full party wipe yet but I have had Nanba die several times because mm-hmm. he's like kind of the wi- he's like he's like the wizard. Almost guys are the all, wizards. He's always yeah. the guy that dies. He's yeah. the weaker. He's the weaker of the three. But if the, the lead character dies in a battle, it's over. Mm-hmm. So you have to protect him at all costs. The other guys can die, and you're, you can keep going. But if yeah. he dies, and, it's over. And it takes a while before you level his job up uh, to get a healing spell. Yeah, I mean they're basically spells. I mean it takes. A, and as you saw in the B roll, that you can you can totally go to a shop and you can improve your weapons and mm-hmm. level those up. And you or can. You I mean, you find ones. tons of items everywhere, and you can, you know, there's stores everywhere. Stores everywhere. It's it's if you can if you pick up everything you find, you can sell all those plates and everything for a fair amount of money anyway. Yeah. Like I had when I got to Hawaii, I had eight hundred dollars. Um, I I, haven't, I don't know if I've ever had eight hundred bucks. <laughs> Seriously. And then, uh, that was also the fun when you get to Hawaii. They translate. They 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 change your yen to dollars yeah. and you do it like 100 yen per yeah. dollar. I'm like, that ain't, <laughs> Not that, anymore. That ain't the exchange rate in 2023. But, and this does take place this year. This is this, uh-huh. is, uh, this does take place in I mean, it talks all about COVID and the lockdown. Yeah, it's interesting and, like how they've in, yeah. incorporated like real life uh, stuff. stuff to this. Yeah. There's a, definitely a, several moments where I was like, oh, wow, yeah. okay. I mean, this game's hit, also made in Japan, but there's a lot of American stuff in this. Yeah, that, I mean, like, I mean, unique uh, to our experience. Um, including a lot of interesting like uh, English voice acting. Yeah. Uh, and voice acting is generally really good. It is very good. Um, I did go with Japanese. Oh, you did? Yeah, because I have no interest in hearing these characters speak, <laughs> speak of these terrible English not. dub. Like, because, <laughs> not that the performance of Ichiban is terrible in English, but that yeah. I don't agree with the voice casting. He doesn't sound like that character should sound. Yeah. But even if you're playing in Japanese, a lot of characters in Hawaii speak English. Yeah. Um, just you know, the one thing I do have a problem with is like there's you meet a character very early on who does podcasts, like a podcast, and, mm-hmm. you, and they say, "Oh, listen to it." The podcasts aren't subtitled. No, really. So you, you listen. It's just <laughs> Japanese. Pod, I'm sure it's very interesting, but I don't understand what you're saying. Tekken was that way. There's a lot of Japanese mm-hmm. in that game. Like characters just speak Japanese, and if you turn off the subtitles, it won't have the translation on the screen. It just completely wipes it out. So you either go with no subtitles and you don't understand what the Japanese characters are speaking or you turn them on, Mm -hmm. which is kind of annoying. Um, But anyway, you're kind of looking through the menus here. Um, Again, the leveling up happens automatically for both your class rank and for your character level. You don't get to choose like where you put the points or anything like that. That just all happens organically after each battle or after you level up in either rank or in your character level. Um, the funny thing about this, Matt, is I feel like... Have you ever been to Oahu, Waikiki? Oh, yeah. This world is way bigger than what the real Waikiki. Waikiki literally is one freaking street. Mm-hmm. It is one street, Matt, that you walk down and it has, I don't know, 50 stores on one side and 50 stores on the other side of the street, and that's it. The rest of Oahu, the island, is just an island paradise. But in this, it makes it feel like it's New York City. Like, well, Honolulu is a pretty decent sized city. It's not though. It is. I mean, you I'm, can literally walk from one end of Honolulu to the other end of it in like twenty minutes on yeah, foot. But you can do that in this too. <laughs> no, it takes longer. This is the world. This is actually bigger than the real Waikiki, mm, the downtown area. It no, is absolutely. It, it, bigger, Waikiki is just the beach. No, Waikiki is that strip along the beach with all the hotels and all the restaurants. And mm. the rest of Oahu is not like a city. It's just like well, Honolulu a town. is a city. It's not, though, really. I mean, not by L.A. standards, but it is the biggest city in Hawaii. 
Yeah, but that's that strip. That's all there is. The rest of the island no, is just like plantations. No, if you go, if you go and past you go to the north shore, if you go past the the Diamond resort Head? side, it, yeah, you go past the resort side. There is a city there. Not really, though. I mean, it's I'd call it a city. It's got I, I don't know. I was there buildings. for like two weeks, like, and we stayed right in Waikiki, and I could mm-hmm. walk from one end of that. We walked to Diamond Head like every day to mm-hmm. take pictures and videos, like. This is bigger than what's really there, which is good hey, because it would be a boring I mean the, place for a game like this. I mean, this. The, I've been to the mall in this. Like, they're all real places. There's one mall on that the strip in Waikiki. Is, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no escape room. I mean, maybe no. there is now. I haven't, I haven't been there in like 20 years. Well, you get to another mall later on called the Anaconda Mall. And it's this like mall that's only made of counterfeit stuff. And all these counterfeiters come from all over the world to shop and buy their counterfeit stuff there to take back to China or wherever they're from. It still might be real. I don't know. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> Some weird shit goes on in, Seriously. in Honolulu. Well, that island is kind of America, but is it really? So anyway. Um, uh, the Hawaiians would tell you it's not. What I was getting at is that overall I'm impressed with the world in this. It's not, if it were the size of like that Waikiki strip, like it's not enough. They needed to make it yeah. bigger. I mean, 350,000 people live there. It's it's on Oahu in in Honolulu, the city of Honolulu. I mean, that's basically Oahu though. It's the whole island. No, Honolulu is a specific city in the corner there where the Waikiki River by is. Diamond Head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the big island, the island is much bigger than that. Like you got to you drive. I've driven around it. It takes like an hour. Yeah. Did you go up to the Dole Plantation with the crazy maze, the hedge no, maze? No, I drove past. I went past it, but I was going to the Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Uh, uh, but see, all those areas around like the plantation, around Pearl Harbor, they're not like. It's not a city. It reminds me like um, of like rural Japan a little bit. I mean, that's a city. Yeah, that's, that's Waikiki. That's Honolulu. Well, it's Waikiki. Those are all the buildings of Waikiki. It's Honolulu. Like the name of the city is Honolulu. Yeah. So anyway, um, what else we got to talk about here? Uh, there's a fast traveler's taxis you can use to fast travel if you don't want to run around. Um, you can literally just go to your menu and just choose the taxi from your cell phone and then choose the district that you want to go to. You can't really choose specific spots in the district so much, um, but you can go to the general area where you want to go and you have to hoof it for maybe, you know, 100 yards or after whatever, after you get out of the taxi. Uh, but there is fast travel in this if you want uh, to fast travel. But I would argue, like, the streets are pretty alive in this. Like, I never found myself annoyed with having to run on foot. There's just people no, everywhere. There's, there's, there's stuff going enough on. to do. There's like like little, even when it tells you to take the cab places, I generally don't. Yeah. I, I'll look on the map. And if it's like all the way across the map, I will. I'll still run. Because every time you run, you get to pick more stuff up. And then that's you can true. sell that stuff. And then it gets you more money. I, I'm, no, that's true. I mean, eventually, I'm sure they'll hit a point where it's not worth your time. Because you're, you have better ways to make money. But until the yeah. resort opens, I'm going to pick up all those fucking iron plates. <laughs> yep. Um, what else is there to say about this game, Matt? I don't know if there's a whole lot. Well, I guess just getting to my general impressions, like... Again, this game wasn't as zany or wacky as I thought it was going to be. And I honestly found lots of periods where I was just kind of bored. I mean, it is very much, especially in the first chapter, it's very much the usual sort of uh, Yakuza Yakuza tale of uh, weird, weird deals and past dishonors and... All that kind of stuff, and like yeah. you know, there's a lot of conversations, you know, with people dramatically smoking and telling you things yeah. about characters you maybe don't remember because it's been two games or something. But yeah. it's like, yeah, it's it's. I, I mean, I still enjoy that. I you know, I love the Yakuza games. Like it's a, you know, I was surprised for sure that like early on it was just like, oh, this is just a straight sequel to Seven. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not. 
And, you know, I'm sure this will be fun when I get to it, but apparently I'm not going to get to it for 20, 25 hours. <laughs> is that how long um, it takes? I don't know. I'm curious. Like, I wonder if anyone in the chat I mean, if you're not there. there yet, then I would imagine you've got a good several hours left. Yeah. I wonder if anybody has, um... Oh, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> Paradox. Can I express how much I hate the term pound mate? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I guess what I would say is if you think that this is a huge shift or a change from the prior games in the series, it's not. Um, and I, for a lot of you, you're probably celebrating. You're like, Yahoo, that's exactly what I wanted. We have a lot of Yakuza fans on Sifted. For whatever reason, a lot of you guys love the franchise. It's never connected with me. You guys know that about me. Um, but what I'd say is if you're somebody like me who's never really connected with that franchise and you thought maybe this one, because don't forget, these last few weeks, I've talked about how hyped I was getting for this game. Like, my anticipation for this game over the last couple of weeks was really starting to swell up. And now that I've spent a bunch of time with it, I feel like I've kind of gotten the same thing out of it that I have out of prior games in the franchise. It doesn't feel all that different to me. Now, again, I haven't made it to the resort well, management, which get, may change everything. You get to the resort in Chapter 6. Chapter it looks six. like you're in Chapter 4 in the B-roll. Oh, uh, okay. Well, there you go. Way I still got a long go. way to go. <laughs> There you go. So, again, like, the things that really, I think, maybe change the franchise the most, it takes a while to get there. There's 14 chapters. Oh, jeez. Buckle up. Wow. I mean, you get your money's worth. You do. And I will say this, too. The gameplay varieties I mentioned earlier is astounding. There is stuff to do around every corner. As Matt said, 80 mini games in this. And you can just stumble around town and find that, that stuff. Like, And it does keep you on your toes and keep things unique. But ultimately, you still spend a lot of time with conversation. I mean... I missed an important plot point, honestly, because very quickly into this game, I was just hitting X just to go through the... Because literally, there'll be a conversation with two people about something very simple. And you will have to hit the X to fast forward through that conversation. I'm not exaggerating. Like 40 or 50 times. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, that's you, how many can, times they go back and forth with each other. I mean, on a lot of them, you can hit pause and you skip the whole You can hit start scene. and just skip them all if you want. Um, but I don't want to do that because I want to try to make sure I don't miss the important ones, you know, mm -hmm. but I still do sometimes. Like I missed a very important cinema that Matt had to film me on what actually happened. So, um, again, I feel like this is way more like the prior games in the franchise than I anticipated it being. But again, mm -hmm. for a lot of you guys, that may be exactly what you want. Yeah. And again, I don't, unless if, I guess if you want to take a moral stance or whatever, I don't find the fact that they locked new game plus behind the deluxe edition to be particularly problematic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is in terms of a larger things that shouldn't be behind paywalls problem. But the idea that you're going to want to play this thing twice that fast is a little... <laughs> come on. I mean, I don't know if I'd ever want to play this you're game twice, You're talking period. about a 60 to 80 hour game. Yeah. You can... You can. By the time you want to play New Game Plus, I'm going to guess you're going to be able to get that deluxe add-on for cheap. Yeah. So who would you recommend this to, Matt? Anyone who likes these games. Yeah. If um, you like these games, go get it. Don't even think twice about it. You're going to love it. Yeah. I don't... I think there's too much lore back in the back of this to really understand what the hell is happening early on. And mm -hmm. at least like if it jumped to the resort stuff faster, maybe, but you're going to, you got to go through 20, 30 hours of Yakuza basically. That's crazy. And <laughs> as always, my, my recommendation is if you haven't played these games and you want to see what they're all about, play zero. Yeah. Zero is the best one. Zero will ease you in. You'll know whether you want to play more. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a bit, if you're a fan of them, absolutely great great if you prefer the action one get the man who raised his name because that is the classic yakuza style if you like the, the turn-based one if you like seven this is more with the same characters and you'll like it yeah so so i was a little disappointed ultimately but it's still a quality game like the craftsmanship in this is great oh yeah 
Um, they're just very long-winded. Like, I don't understand. There, there's no reason these conversations need to last as long as they do. I mean, that's just Japanese drama. It kind of like, is. It's, it's uh, just overly they are wordy. Drawing, they are drawing from a realm of, like, kind of melodramatic crime movies that just, that's how things are presented, you know? Yeah. And that's why there's such a tonal swing in the work where it's hard to believe that the, the, the clips of where he's falling over and freaking out are, like, trying to catch bugs with costume mascots in Hawaii and then but in the same game you'll have the very serious conversation about his mother still being alive between him and like this Yakuza guy smoking chain smoking on a on a with a lazy Susan yeah. and constantly showing him evidence of what's happening it's like <laughs> it's like those are the same you know and but that's just how you know it's yeah. how the Yakuza papers presents that mm-hmm. world yeah and that's kind of the aesthetic they've chosen and that's what you're stuck with which is why it's really a breath of fresh air to get to Hawaii and be in a completely different yeah. the tropical environment even yeah. before you get to the resort, it's still like, oh, this is very different right. from running around Yokohama. Well, just their outfits. They're yeah. all wearing like Hawaiian button-up shirts. And yeah, like, they really jump the right into different. it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a different world, and they treat it as such, and it's presented. And it's, it's cool. Like, it's... Yeah. It is sort of an element of like, oh, it is... Like, I never thought of that before, but it's like, this series could leave Japan. Yeah. Like, if you really want to spice this up, like, you could... You could have a Yakuza game takes place in L.A. Or Vegas. Or yeah. Vegas or New York mm-hmm. or Paris yeah. or like Moscow. Now like, that they've left. Yeah, now you've done it and you can you kind of prove like there's a whole, you can adapt to the whole world to sort of be this weird take on things. They even do the whole, like he's trying to find a cabbie who speaks you Japanese. Speak Japanese, yeah. Like, so they actually, like, go through the whole process of, like, wow, they're not mm-hmm. in Japan anymore, and now they need to adjust. Like, yeah, which is, like, very true. I mean, yeah. and, and as they point out, Hawaii has a very large Japanese-speaking population, mm-hmm. so it's not that unusual. Yeah, yeah. That he, but, like, I would love to see them, like, take a real, like, swing at something, like, set, like do one in, like, Seattle, yeah. which also has a very large Japanese-speaking population. So you could have that same situation where you could have this, like, you know, community that exists that... Also, you could just have a hero that can speak English. I mean, yeah. I guess you could do that, too. Yeah. Um... But uh, maybe not Ichiban because he's he's he, again he is not the brightest bunny in the forest, and that's part of the appeal. Yeah, is yeah. that you are kind of playing a big dumb street fighter yeah. who's sort of fumbling his way through these very delicate situations as part of where the humor comes it's from. Part of the charm of the humor, yeah. for sure. Yep. So anyway, there you go. That's like a dragon, infinite wealth. It is a seventy dollar game, um, and I think Matt and I both agree that. Maybe hard to recognize or to recommend to non fans, yeah, but if it's you're, not a starting point. But it is more good, more goodness from the from the franchise, from that studio. Yep, absolutely. So they, if you're a fan, have, go buy it. You won't regret it. They have sure. really never missed. Yeah, maybe five was kind it's of. It's pretty miss. amazing, actually, what they accomplish in the amount of time that they have to make these yeah. games. Well, just how many like, they put Man Race's name out a couple months ago. I know, and that's just as extensive I know. as a thing. It's a huge like, game too. Yep. It's they they that studio could teach some people some things. Yep. They should teach classes. Yeah. So there you go. That's like a dragon. Infinite wealth. And we're going to have enough time, not just to do Name That Game today, but also do a Q&A. But before then, here's a word from our sponsor, soundwizardry.com. Experience the realm of extraordinary audio with Sound Wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breath of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. 
That's right. Go to soundwizardry.com for all your sound needs. They've helped us. I remember one time there was an episode of Pactor Factor where he had a fan on and I couldn't hear it. It was down by his feet and he didn't tell me that he had it. And the mic was picking up the fan for all the episodes (laughs) we recorded. And he went in and tried to remove the fan noise out of all those. That's the type of stuff he can do on a very basic level. That's the stuff that he does. He is really a sound wizard. That's the perfect name for it. But here's the thing. Next week, our sponsorship with soundwizardry.com shifts into another dimension. I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys, uh, but our new sponsorship stuff with them is going to be really cool and really fun. And I'm just really over the moon that he was down with it because I kind of gave him this crazy idea. I was like, you think about I didn't think he was going to say okay. Um, but he did, and it's going to be awesome. So in next week's show, when we kind of change things around here on Game Face, we're going to have a new angle on our sponsorship with soundwizardry.com. It's something to look forward to. I think you guys are going to like it. Um, and with that, it's time for... That's right, it's time for Name That Game, where I show you screenshots from a video game and you try to guess the name of the game before Matt. We haven't done this in a long time. Mm-hmm. We didn't do it for the last like month of last year, and now we're almost a month into this year. We haven't been able to do it. Our shows have just been packed with our content. It kept being cut. In fact, this installment of Name That Game has been sitting on the TriCaster here for like two months. Like I had an episode ready, and we could just never get to it. So um, we're going to do it today. Uh, a couple things before we get going. Everybody's available. Mm-hmm. You guys have no one's won this year, so everyone can compete. And the way it usually works is once you win, you can't play again for the rest of the year. You haven't done it this year, so everybody's in. Um, that's one thing that you should keep in mind. Number two, if you don't play PC games, please do not play. Because if you win, you beat Matt, you get a free PC game code. We give away games for this, people, for the winner. Um, so make sure you do that. What's the third one? There's always a third one I forget. Oh. Slow mode? Slow mode, yeah. So you have... Uh, well, you're on slow mode now in the chat, which means you can only input one chat every 60 seconds. So don't just start like all willy-nilly just typing in game titles into the chat. What's going to happen is you're going to type in one. You're not going to be able to type in another for another minute, and someone else is going to win. So only type in guesses when you have a, an educated guess, and you have at least some of an idea of what the game might be. And with that, we're ready to go. Five screenshots. Usually you guys get it in the first couple. We'll see how it goes this time. But here we go. Here is the first screenshot for Name That Game. People can get it from this. I guarantee it. Hybrid Heaven, no. Glover, no. <laughs> People can get it from this. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone does. Death Stranding, no. But that's a good guess, Mitchell Ness. Rainbow Six Siege, there it is. Yep. <laughs> we have a winner. Venuraba wins it. Yeah. If you played this game, I realize now that this was a really too obvious of a clue for someone who really plays it. And all the guesses are coming in. You guys are all wrong, except for Venuraba, who got it with Rainbow Six Siege. Dead Space, no. Resident Evil 2 Remake, no. Cyberpunk, Last of Us, MGS5, Tomb Raider. Did anybody else guess it? No. Nope. Hybrid Heaven 2. I wish Fire Native. I would play Hybrid Heaven 2, man. I definitely would. Uh, so anyway, I thought I gave it away with the first one, and I did for someone who plays Siege. Here's the second screenshot. Here's the third screenshot. That garish carpeting, I figured that might have given it away. Here's the fourth shot. 
You can see that case there. I might have given it away. And then here is the last one, which shows basically the slats that you put up when you're fortifying the doors and the windows. And if somebody would have got it from that, nobody watching was playing Rainbow Six Siege. So mm. congratulations, Vinaraba. Here's another round of applause for you for being the first winner of Name That Game for 2024. And you can DM me here on Twitch. You can DM me on Twitter. I'm at Dinfire. You can, you can DM Sifted on Twitter, at Sifted Games, or you can just go at Shane on Sifted.net and send me a DM there. Get to me, and I'll get you your code. Congratulations once again. And now we have some time for some Q&A. If you guys have any questions for us, we actually have a good bit of time. Oh, we already got a couple in here. Um, Silk Snake, do you need an updated Name That Game jingle? That would be awesome. We've been using the same one that you made us for quite a while now, and if you're willing to make another one, that would be great. Or maybe we could get soundwizardry.com to make us one, actually. Maybe I'll think about that. But let me know, actually, if you're planning on making it so I don't reach out to them, um, and we'll make sure we have a new jingle for next week's show one way or the other. A uh, question from Sifted. Let me bring this up so everyone can see the questions. In um, Exile says Shapeshifter, Exvolution Studio, is helping with Clockwork Revolution. Is high profile external help with both that and Perfect Dark a good or bad trend for Microsoft? I think it's good because, mm -hmm. Matt, all I really care about is that ultimately the games are great before they're released. So to me, this is Microsoft or the studios working on these games recognizing that, hey, Maybe we're in over our head here, or we're tracking towards not hitting our release window. And mm -hmm. they're recognizing it, and they're like, we're gonna send in the troops and try to get this done in time, or at least make the game better, so that when people actually play it, they'll enjoy it. So I think it's all good. Like, I think it's good when you recognize that you have a weakness or a problem and you address it. It's better than just sitting back and being like, ah, it'll be fine. It's also a good way for them to test out this new dev, and mm -hmm. maybe Microsoft will want them to do something bigger for them next. Yeah, it could maybe be good for Microsoft the studio. You're buy right. Them. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually a good point. I mean, I think if you're a smaller-ish studio, that's kind of your goal, right? Yeah. Is to work with a partner that give can you a, purchase give you. Give you a constant, like, you know, guaranteed income stream while maybe you have a smaller team working on what you want your your next original thing to be. Yeah. And then maybe Microsoft's interested. And they sign up that next original thing as an exclusive. So, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. I'm glad Microsoft is doing it. It's better than just like acting like the problem's just going to go away because then you end up with bad games and layoffs. Mm -hmm. So we've had enough of those already. It's also <laughs> a way to staff up to a larger team without having to lay everybody off at the end of it. It's true. No, you're absolutely right. Yep. Totally agree with you, Matt. Um, so, yeah. There you go, um, J. Reed Vic Seven. Is the success of Pal World, at least in part, an indictment of how Game Freak has failed to evolve the, fr the Pokemon franchise and make stuff for mature audiences? I don't know if it's that. I don't know about mature audiences, but I do think it's an indictment. Like, there's an older audience that wants a more involved take on the material. I don't think you need them to have guns or eating each other. Right. But people clearly, you know, the, the older Pokemon fans clearly want something that's a little more engaging, a little more, you know, evolved. Yeah. Um, I think Pokemon Company's idea is more like there's always some new generation of kids who has not played a Pokemon game and they don't know the difference. Yeah. Which they're right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so far, clearly that strategy has been paying off. Um, but yeah, I would say there's an older audience that wants to be served in a different way and Pal World's success is, I think, certainly a reflection of that. It doesn't matter? Probably not. No. Nope. To Game Freak, I don't think to it Game matters. Freak, no. Yeah. No, okay. I agree with Matt 100%. He basically just took the words right out of my mouth. It's more about this revelation that there are people who grew up playing Pokemon who are ready 
for games of that type that maybe cater a little more edgy that mm. cater more to adults. I don't think it's necessarily an indictment that's going to make Game Freak sit up and go, holy crap, we need to make an M-rated Pokemon. Like, I don't see that happening. Um, the, the thing is, it's like, Pokemon games still sell like crazy. So yeah. why would Game Freak change it? It's like it would be risky for Game Freak to do that. I think it took some steps already with Pokemon Legends Arceus that are steps in the right direction. So I do hope that it continues mm. in that way. It would be nice to see them experiment with maybe outside the main series. Because um, the main series doesn't seem to ever have any intention of being any, anything more than my first JRPG. Yeah. Now I would like to um, see it run better, at least. Oh, yeah. Built on sure. a better engine and stuff. Well, but... especially because it's like it's so weird that those games run so poorly when the Switch has games that look way better and do similar things yeah. and run way fine. You know, it's yeah. like, like how in the world is Xenoblade Three and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet this on the same system? Yeah. And both first part, I like guess. Yeah. It's, I mean, not totally first party, but it's like, yeah. what? Yeah, I hear you. Yep, I hear you. I understand. The, I mean, I'm not a huge Pokemon fan, but I understand the frustration that a lot of veteran Pokemon fans have where it's yeah. like, why isn't this better? Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily, I'm a fan, and I don't necessarily want the old Pokemon to go away. Like, I have nieces and nephews. I want them to discover Pokemon and enjoy it and be able to play it. So, um, I don't know that my goal mm -hmm. is to get Game Freak to make a teen rated or an M rated Pokemon. No. But I think it's a good example of how Arceus maybe didn't go far enough I, in differentiating sure, itself. Sure. And I also think maybe it inspires other studios to be like, hey, like there's an adult audience for this game design. And maybe mm. we get more games like yeah, Power maybe, World. Maybe it is worth ripping the Pokemon idea off, even though it is hard to make. Right. Yep. So I mean, it, I mean, it does feel like Pokemon companies is leaving money on the table there. Yeah. Um, they certainly have. If they wanted to, they'd have the bandwidth to make those like a more advanced kind of survival crafting Pokemon style game um, alongside yeah. the main the mainline series. Yeah. But uh, which is what Arceus was. But right. like, like they can keep pushing the envelope there with. The I would certainly take if I were them. I'd certainly take the lesson. Like, okay, Pokemon Legends can be a lot more involved than you know we could have base building and crafting and survival elements like we can really go a little further than we than we dared go in the first one yep um but we'll see if they actually follow up also it's like it's not like kids can't handle that stuff they play minecraft right. they play, all, play all these games that like already they're the do ones that. that love the survival games yeah. it's not me <laughs> like honestly that's the thing well because that's the thing is so i mean other than sort of the weird edgy stuff for the sake of edgy stuff with the guns and the cannibalism um and owning people <laughs> that's a little weird like um, but the there's nothing like in the core gameplay concepts of Power World that isn't like already established yeah. as something kids already like to play and handle just fine. Yeah. Like it's it, like it's not even a mature angle on it. It's more like just incorporating the current gameplay trends in games that kids already play. Yeah, so it's weird point. that like you don't have a, you, you'd think that would be appealing to that demographic as well as the older demographic. Yep, for sure. So, I don't know. Okay, uh, next. Eve Demon, have you seen the article by Matthew Ball talking about the financial state of the games industry? Uh, too much money is being spent for amount of brought, that's brought in. Well, I think Matt and I, we've talked about this for a while on Game Face. It's like, it's just big bets. Like, mm -hmm. you are gambling now on concepts. And my biggest hang-up with it is that it stifles innovation. It makes developers scared to try new things, scared to do new things with games. Um, it makes publishers not sign up studios that are trying new things. Instead, they're going to go with the tried and true because it's just... Well, sometimes they do try new things and the, the system has no idea how to promote it. Right. And like, so they no, fall right. by the wayside. Yeah. Like, clearly, Bethesda, uh, ZeniMax, and now Micro, they clearly don't have any clue how to promote Arcane's games. No, you're right. Um, they failed over and over maybe again. Maybe Blade will change that. Yeah. But, like, 
yeah, it's um, the the game industry has kind of fallen into this not as badly as as the the Hollywood system, but they fall into that trap of like temple blockbusters being all because that comes from the infinite growth. Yeah. Um, capitalism myth where yep. it's like everything has to provide this huge spike in the chart Forever. everything has to be infinite growth for everything the line has to go up no matter what and you don't get that dramatic line up with um, you know smaller things that do fine or well yeah. you get it with Avengers Endgame you yeah. get it with Dune 2 you don't you, you know The Last of Us Part 2 that's how you get and so like everyone's obsessed with chasing that thing the problem is that again when you're laying that much money out for these big projects if one of those projects goes awry you lose tons of money, and uh, you know there's a bunch of people found out the hard way in 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 the movie business last year, when everything kind of everything except Barbie and Oppenheimer and Godzilla minus one pretty much underperformed. Yeah, um, and everyone can talk about Marvel fatigue or superhero fatigue all they want, but it also hit Indiana Jones, and it also hit Mission Impossible, yeah. and it also hit Fast and the Furious, like. Like it has to be more than that. Like the, the the novelty of going back to the theater is over, and everybody's just like, "Well, it'll come to streaming in like a month. Who cares?" You know. Mm-hmm. And so like that's how I look at you it. You have to figure that out. And gaming's having a similar thing where it's like if you get rid of all the you know, it's basically indie games and a triple A. And if they don't find that medium out and figure out something a little more sustainable in terms of you know at least taking risks that then maybe pay off. And because look, who in the world would have greenlit PUBG back in the day? Yeah. No one. Yeah. No one would have done. Well, that's why that, it was an indie game. The big made thing, by one dude. Right. But it's like that's the thing. It's like yeah. same with Fortnite. Really. Yeah. Like the big the big thing that has defined a generation of gaming and a generation of gamers. If we're honest, those kids. You know, Fortnite is. Yeah. And it, I mean that is. Buckle up for forty years from now when the Fortnite crowd is I like know. has disposable income and is like trying to recapture the youth and you just can't get away from the fucking floss again. Right. Um. <laughs> like. Uh. It's it's. You know, it's well, they're big bets. That, 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 that never would have come out of the big bet blockbuster system, right? You know, like the, the, that had to come from a world where, like, cause imagine trying to pitch the battle royale game to a stu- to a, a, a game development studio executive in like 2012. Yeah, like they would have looked at, looked at you like you're crazy. Yeah, I mean, they looked at him like he was crazy yeah. when he built it, <laughs> and then. I mean, when I first heard of it, I still looked at him like he was. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. really? Yeah. That is like. <laughs> well, I just was shocked how how such a simple concept became so popular. Yeah. I'm like, really? That's all it took. But well, a lot of times the, that's how it works. And the biggest thing about it at the time was how fast you got back into it. Yeah. It let you keep playing. You'd have Loop. to sit in a lobby. You'd have to sit around. You you log this thing like five less than a minute later. You're playing another one of these big huge games. Something. Which, and Call that, of Duty figured out a long time ago. Yeah, but it's like, and but the thing that Battle Royale had was. It felt like you were part of a big thing. A hundred other yeah. people, anything could happen. Like it was exciting to yeah. start a match of that. And we're just have flying no through idea. the sky and seeing yeah. all the people in the sky. It had yeah. scope and it had scale and it had excitement because like you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And like especially at that point in a multiplayer game, when was the last time that happened? <laughs> a long time. Like multiplayer stuff was all about fall. You know, like Call of Duty was like, go here. That's the choke point here. There's a choke point. They're going to yeah. come around the corner there. Yeah. We put the mine there. Da, da, da. And yeah. all of a sudden it was like you can't predict anything because yeah, it's so yeah. big and open. There's Too so many much, people. So much chaos. Yeah. It's chaos. Um, yeah. And, but imagine like no. No one would have funded that for me. Like EA putting that out is nonsense. And then by the time it all blew up, it was too late. Well, even some of the safest bets don't work out that great. I was shocked to see how little The Last of Us Part Two sold. Mm-hmm. Like it's still so great. Like they yeah. turn a profit on it. I but... mean, to be fair, that was still pretty early. I mean, the, the last numbers I think were February twenty twenty two, but it's still what two almost two years after it came out. Yeah, and um, it sold what thirteen or something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, there's a huge bet that you would figure is a no brainer. 
the sequel to The Last of Us. There's no shorter bet. And then the game comes out and it gets like 9.5, mm-hmm. 10s across the board. You think that's the surest bet. And while I did make a profit on the game, I'm betting not as much as they wanted to. So I think it's more or less what they expected to. Yeah, you um, think so? I yeah. mean, those games are dark and they're, I mean, there's a there's more limited audience. It's an M-rated game. It's mm-hmm. it's just sort of like, it's not you know quote unquote fun. It's more of an art project. Yeah. Um, I will say I bet they have higher sales expectations now in the wake of the TV show. You know, I'm sure nobody at Sony has a problem with how those games sold because they have a Golden Globe from it now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a it's, it's a crossover. crossover it's into, a crossover hit yeah. that's going to keep Sony IP rolling in it for a long time now. They're yeah. probably going to get four or five seasons out of that thing. Probably. Um, and so no problem there. But I mean, then meanwhile, I was I was shocked that Horizon sold as well it did yeah. as it did. Even even up again. You know, and they're Me making too. fun of the the PC version again because it's coming out like three days before. Uh, uh, Dragon's Dogma 2, which is like, are we really going to call Dragon's again. Dogma 2 the <laughs> big mindshare sucker? Because <laughs> the other ones were Zelda and Elden Ring. Right. Are we really? Yeah. Dragon's Dogma 2? No, come on. But like, clearly it didn't hurt the sales. Yeah. Clearly those, those Horizon games sell really well. So, yep. um, which I mean, I'm a big fan of the Horizon games. I was just kind of shocked that they did as well as they did because sometimes it seems like no one plays them except like a little group of people that just like those games. And, Again, and good good evidence that it's important to uh, remember that most of the the most of the audience that makes these things super mega hits aren't us. Yeah, it's true. Okay, we can take one more, and we'll have well actually two more because one's just funny. Squishy Muffin says, "Could Taylor Swift be the push the VR industry needs, considering she can influence elections allegedly?" <laughs> Taylor Swift could help. Yes. <laughs> um, you know what? If you could only see that Taylor Swift concert video on a, on an Oculus. Seriously, there you, go. there you go. I mean, she really could move the needle. That's how big she is. Um, and then finally, from Drifter J, is there any game character who's fallen off that you still have a soft spot for for whatever reason? I still think Raziel is the coolest. Sonic. Yeah, I like Sonic the Hedgehog, even though I haven't liked any of his games in about twenty years. Yeah. Um, once upon a time, I probably would have said Jack, but really, it's Daxter. Yeah, Daxter's the better of those two. Um, mm. And he's been, they both have been gone for way too long now. And now Naughty Dog has moved away from the whimsy and into the dark and the deathly serious. I don't know if we'll ever see Daxter yeah. again. I mean, if you're talking about like just, you know, things that haven't appeared in a long time, I think Raziel's a good pick. Yeah, he's a good pick. Um, I think you're not alone on that one, by the way. I think there's a lot of people who are hoping that that franchise Yeah, Raziel and back. Kane are two of the greatest game characters of all time. And it's just weird that no one wants to touch him again it's i mean i can understand not wanting to follow amy hennig in the writing department that's a that's a tough thing to live up to mm-hmm. um soul reaver 2 is one of the best dialogue games in in ever that's where it came from um yep she wrote it but uh yeah if you're talking about stuff that's been gone forever i'll say sly cooper that's a good one too i mean all those sony mascot yeah, games because they've just went away sony's yeah. like oh we only make games for like adults now like it mm-hmm. feels like it's really abandon like the younger audience other than ratchet and clank like there's nothing really for kids on playstation anymore. yeah i mean i think ratchet's the strongest of those three astrobot if you're going to talk about like that that kind of triumvirate of platformer you know mascot characters from the ps2 era i think you've got you know you got sly and ratchet and jack mm-hmm. i think ratchet's the strongest well I mean, the one you want to carry forward is oh yeah, ratchet. yeah. Um, but I miss Sly, and uh, it's too bad that the you know not that Sly Four was bad, but it wasn't Sucker Punch, mm-hmm. and it kind of killed it. Yeah, it lost its undersold. Yeah, it's lost um, some momentum there. It's too bad. Yeah. 
There's tons. I mean, there's so many characters that have fallen by the wayside over time. But uh, one thing I will say is that over the last couple of years, I've been shocked. Like somebody made a joke about Glover during Name That Game. Mm-hmm. Like games like that are actually in the IP like that are being revived in some cases. Like yeah, everyone's just like okay, well if you can get like. Like, do we really need another Earthworm Jim game? Probably not. No. Well, like, the good news is we're never going to get that one. So that was a Miko thing, and the Miko didn't happen, so yeah. we're fine. Yeah. But every once in a while, you're like, did we need a Voodoo Vince remaster? Yeah. How did that happen? Like, What was that okay. 3D platformer franchise, Taz the Tasmanian Tiger or whatever? Yeah, they made the, a sequel the to that. the Tasmanian Tiger, yeah. It's like nobody bought the first one. Like, like you're waiting for something from that, like the, the Arrow the Acrobat. Right. Come, yeah. show up or so, so. Rocket Robot on Wheels. Yeah. There's one. Rocket is awesome. That's yeah, one of the coolest cool. freaking characters like ever. That's Sucker Punch. And man. I doubt we'll ever see another one of those. Sucker games. Punch's first game. Yeah. Got got sent to die up against Rayman 2 by Ubisoft. Yeah. Ubisoft published that game and put it out on the same day they put out Rayman 2. Rocket like, came in a red cart, yeah, right? Did. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's some picks for you. And that's going to do it for Game Face 374. And honestly, that's going to do it for this interpretation of game face this will be the last episode that looks exactly like this one and functions exactly like this one uh thanks for all your support as we've done tons of episodes like this uh, we really appreciate you guys we appreciate everyone who supports us and if you're watching this on youtube or you're listening to it on any of the podcast services and you want to help us just go to patreon.com sifted that's s-i-f-t-d without the e you can pledge whatever you want there but if you pledge four dollars or more per month you get all our content early and generally that means at least three to four days early earlier than we publish it on youtube for everybody for free uh, so there's a lot of value in being one of our patrons and we'd really appreciate it if you could do that if you can't there's tons of other ways you can help us if you're watching on youtube go down below into our description and there's a way that you can help us if you're an amazon prime subscriber you can give us a free two dollars and fifty cents every month that costs you nothing um, and if you can't do that, you're not a Prime subscriber, just review the show. And I will say, I just went and checked on Apple Podcasts, and I was pleasantly surprised to see that some of you guys had gone in and we had new reviews for the show here over the l- most recent period. Please keep doing it. It makes a difference when people search for video games on podcast services. The more reviews we have, the more we bubble up in the list. So again, you can do stuff for us. It doesn't cost you anything, and we appreciate all of it. Just go on social media and just share the show. Say, hey, This is my favorite gaming podcast. If you like video games, you should give it a while. All that stuff matters. It makes a difference for us, and we appreciate it very, very much. So, Mm. Also, Banjo-Kazooie. Where the hell are they? Oh, yeah. Although, rumblings are happening, and it might be coming. Yeah, right (laughs) alongside Perfect Dark. Yeah, I'm just going to predict it five more times before it finally comes to fruition. Mm. (laughs) Cinetyke, long live Game Face. Damn right. Thank you, guys. And just thanks to everybody. Thanks for chat. You guys, again, were awesome today. You guys made the show better, as you always do. Thanks for sticking around all the way to the end. We really appreciate it. Hope you guys have a great week full of gaming and awesome games. We'll see you next Tuesday for the new Game Face. But this one is up and out.